top of the evening to you. It's little Robbie Keane here. Just letting everyone know that the following show may have some language that offends. There's going to be swear words. There's going to be mature adult content. And who knows what else. If you're easily offended, I recommend you turn off now. And you tune back in in two hours. For those that are not, here's the latest AFTN soccer show. Previously on AFTN. Over the past two years, this <laughs> I had a joke I was going to do there, and then I, th- I thought better of it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I, I'm learning. <laughs> That's all you want me to do. You just want me to learn. If you were laughing so hard, I might say that's an improvement. I was just like, if it's no, don't say it. <laughs> please, please don't say it. Whatever it is, whatever I'll tell it is. You after anyway. Anyway, over the past two years, the system has been on trial in thirty-one weeks. <laughs> Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome to another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. Broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pender. And we do not have Zachary Adam Meisenheimer with us this week. At least not yet. Yeah, it's a very empty space across me. He's still travelling up from Portland. Because he decided to stay and watch the the women's game today. And take advantage of the food trucks. Oh, obviously. That that goes without saying. There'll be donuts stuffed into that throat hole. And you said that uh, the the breakfast is really good too. Oh, yeah. The egg cart and food truck in Portland. Highly recommend that. A little bit out of town, but it's definitely worth going. Zach may join us at some point during the show. I can't see it, to be honest. I, I don't think it's going to get over it's, the boards in time. Oh, the game ended at three? I think no, it was it's three, yeah. really tough, especially yeah. going getting through to like, the Tacomas and oh, everything like that. Yes. that was, that's really hard to get through. But the good news, Steve is back. Yes, I'm back. Yes. We felt Gideon was a little bit too young. Maybe he didn't understand some of the, the jokes that we did last, last week. Cause, or when songs were released. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, so much of it was before he was born. Yeah. But... I mean, the vast majority of our listeners are probably Gideon's age and don't yeah. understand the jokes that, that we do I'm in surprised, the show. I'm surprised you didn't ask him uh, if he thought Prince's 1999 was uh, part uh, like was released in 1999. Well, he got very confused when he heard the song in the year 2525. Oh, okay. I blew his mind how that had even come out. <laughs> we might be joined... If, jo- if Zach joins us later, 
Got so much stuff to talk about this week. We're going to try and not overrun. We're going to try and keep it to five parts. That, that would be a, a boon. And part one, well, we have to look at the Whitecaps news of the week. I thought it might be a pretty quiet week in Whitecaps land. Well, I was proved wrong there. Yeah, there were quite a few moves. Yeah, moves. I didn't think much was going to happen in the transfer window, but we got another signing or two because one became official. Yeah. There was another departure. There was... Uh, rumours of those that got away, subsequent fallout from such rumours. Yeah, and, a talking down to. Yeah, and we, we we had a game of football as well in yeah. Portland. We'll be looking at all that, but let's kick it off with the last of those. The, the Caps-Cascadia Cup clash with the Timbers at Piggy Park. Much like the season, first of all, the playoffs kind of fell away. Yeah, it's then, basically over now. Yeah. I, it was over a long yeah. time ago, but officially almost. The, then the Canadian Championship fell away. Yes. Now the Cascadia Cup is over. That, that's gone as well. So there'll be no silverware gracing the the Gastown head office of the Whitecaps this year, I don't no. think. This is, might be a fair, fair play trophy. Maybe. Mm. Yeah. We haven't had that many setting offs are, Isn't year. the thing at the bottom of the thing called a wooden spoon or something like yes, that? Yes, but bottom Cincinnati's going to get that. Yeah. So, unless I have a Western wooden spoon, then I think we could be struggling. Yeah. Because, yeah. Whitecaps ended the weekend bottom of the West. We'll come to all that stuff. The game itself, Whitecaps went with the Christmas tree for tr- formation yet again. And so no, no, no silverware, but lots of tinsel. Yes, <laughs> glittering away, and it was kind of a glittering performance. Really, I mean, it, it wasn't too bad at all, and the, it was a gutsy performance, a, a fighting performance, and there was a lot. To take from it, if not three points, I it was a defeat this year that you came away from not feeling too bad about the team. No, it. Uh, I think it was even. I think they were stronger even in this game. Funny enough, than the game the previous week against yeah, Cincinnati. The one that they won, yeah, uh, the one they won. So I, I have no massive issues. Uh, unfortunately, the the opening goal was caused by one of our better players of the season. So, uh, I, well, yeah. it's hard to tell actually because the angle wasn't that great. Yeah. To tell from the on the one TV of the other angles makes it look quite does bad. It, is it? Okay. Yeah. And we're we're talking about Max Crippo. He had done so well. He kept out a great strike from Sebastian Blanco sort of midway through the first half and Good things were happening, but 28th minute, another fierce strike from Blanco. Kind of went through his fingers. I, I do feel he should have done better. I think he should have kept it out. And as you say, he's been one of the best players of the season. He's allowed the odd error, but I mean, it, it was a great strike from Blanco. And it, it was a game, really, of great strikes and great goals. And that just set things off. For sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing to see... It was I heard it was a little wet too there. Yeah, in Portland. it was. Ra- it was so raining. I don't know if that had to do Just with more kickoff and the pitch. There was lots of stuff coming up off the pitch. But yeah, overall a great game, and then obviously the this, it ended it well the first half at least for the white guys. Yeah, well they, they had the horrible moment. Ali Adnan. Went oh yeah, with that changed the game. An adductor I think. strain. Yeah, I, yeah. A, a adductor strain right here. Yeah, I don't know that's, what I was. A, yeah, yeah. But, uh, an adductor strain. Let's just call it a groin because that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> I don't think it is. Well, I googled it. And it did say oh, it was it? kind oh, of like okay. groin. So. I thought it was stomach more. Yeah. Maybe lower but stomach. 
he was whacked in the face with a clearance off the line after that, that save that Kripo had from the first shot with Blanco. And when he went down, you immediately thought, oh, is it a concussion thing? And then you saw the replay and he just obviously overextended himself when yeah. he, he had the clearance and left Providence Park limping. So we haven't had an update on how good or bad it is. You fear fear the worst, but that's just me being Mr. Pessimist. I always fear the worst with these injuries, uh, as you know, Steve. He definitely had it iced down for sure. Yeah. I guarantee they got the ice pack on there for sure. I'd, uh, whenever something like that happens, especially if they get subbed off, I don't see them coming back next no. week. I don't think, I think we'll see Levi's again. I mean, he'd gone off, the Caps had gone down, and there's been so many questions of the White Cats' mental fragility this season. And we saw a change in that last week in Cincinnati. They fell behind and they came back. They had been doing so well in June when they fell behind in games and had come back. Then that just, their confidence seemed to have been knocked. Yeah. And you kind of feared the worst again because Portland, completely different animal to Cincinnati, much more dangerous. And you, you did kind of wonder how they would react to it. But then... Take a bow. Yeah, it's a fear bear. Yeah, I, I want to quickly go back a little bit on the fragility. I don't think it's been over the whole year. I think no, it's just that the two months. Yeah. yeah, you said. I think you said the whole year. I might have misheard you there, but no, it was it, like they did well in June, and then it was after that that they yeah. kind of seemed to have the the issues. But they bounced back in style. Ten minutes after going behind, they leveled things up, and it was Theo Bear with an absolute beauty of a shot. It's obviously had a. A lot of chatter on social media about the goal. He mentioned after the game, he'd been speaking to Zach McMath, he'd been watching highlights together, and McMath had said to him, when your back's to the goal, just turn and have a shot, because no one's going to be expecting that. And that's just what he did. It was an absolutely beautiful swivel and volley into the back of the net, gave Steve Clark no chance. A, a great goal on any occasion, a great goal in a derby game, but to get that as your first ever MLS goal, that was just absolutely fantastic. So, so pleased for him. No, and that was the one thing that made me wish I was down there, just to be, have yeah. been there when he got his first and goal. And remember, the first time, I think it might have been his first touch in MLS, he had that little, like, weird... Yeah, had just uh, gone behind him. Yeah, behind him. Like a scorpion, out, or like yeah. a back heel kick, cricket kick, I don't know what, what you want to call it. But he had that. The guy's got... He's he's kind of I don't think he's got it where he's like good enough to ever go to Europe, but he's got it for MLS for sure. Yeah, he's, he's got nineteen, and he's got know. the size. He's got well, yeah, exactly. Some people like really like just take off, and yeah. you never know. But as of right now, he definitely has it for MLS, uh, where he could be one of those uh, players that plays a long time in MLS with the Whitecaps and could be a guy that leads the line. He's only nineteen, like you said. Yeah, and the th- funny thing was people like like bashing him and everything like that right off the bat. 19-year-olds tend to need to learn the pro game initially. And it takes some time to get used to it. I was reading, I have no idea if it was on a football forum or if it was on Facebook today, but someone was still criticising him going, so he got a goal, that doesn't matter. Look at all these games and his his goals per game things. And it's like, are you you fucking serious, man? It's like, he's still finding his feet. He's had five starts. And I know we're a little bit protective of him, it was like a proud father moment watching him score because we've watched him in the Whitecaps residency for so many years now that you love to see these guys coming through. And it was a great moment for him. We've talked about, we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago and he was talk, we talked about that, that first goal was coming and we were looking forward to it. He's got it now. And he was in the thick of the action again just before half time. Ball definitely hit his hand in the box. 
Portland player had jumped into him and kind of like pushed him in towards the, the ball and then his arm came up and hit the ball. For you, Steve, yay or nay for a penalty? It's close. Um, I'm going to say it's definitely... I'm, I was going to say I'm gonna, I, only... And this is basically because he was backed into like the I think no in, the, in yeah, this case I'm with that as well if like, it had been reversed I would probably be screaming for it as yeah well. yeah exactly I, I I can see where the Timbers fans probably got upset about it but I, I'd say no in this case because he was fouled in, in yeah, fact it I was, think it was a f- potential even foul yes, against him so. yeah so I, I think it was I think it was a foul so I don't think although he kind of moved his hand up but it's hard to tell I'm, I'm going to assume that he moved his hand up because he was hit in the back that's, right that's what it kind of looked like yeah so I say no, yeah, for sure. Yeah, obviously slightly biased, but yeah, the the Portland players went absolutely rad at half time. The coach as well. How Blanco did not get a booking for his protestations, I do not know because we're going to talk about this when we do our MLS review. But the crowding of the referee—it's something I hate so much. Sounders guilty as hell for that in their game against New England on Saturday, and we'll talk about that when we do the MLS roundup in part three. So level at the half, you're kind of excited. You knew, though, from that, that the Timbers were going to come out pissed off in that second half. And that either meant they were going to take the game to the Whitecaps, they were going to kick the hell out of the Whitecaps, possibly a combination or both. I expected a, a lively second half. Portland came out strong. They eventually, it was a bit end-to-end, there was some good stuff there. They eventually took the 2-1 lead in the 55th minute. Another screamer of a goal, this time from Loria, and another fantastic strike, Steve. Yeah, the, there, this one had, uh, I think Crippo had no chance on this one, absolutely. Yeah, none the, at all. Um, and I agree with you, the, you ex- kind of expect it, but normally I think the in the in the in especially in that two months that the Whitecaps had, I think the goal would have came in the first couple of minutes, but the Whitecaps were able to hold them off. And I know, I think this was the part where maybe the Adnan um, uh, injury kind of hurt them. Because they were really weak on that left side on this goal. Yeah. And they kind of had some holes there. So I think this is the one that the, you kind of wish Adnan was still in there to play a little bit of defense. I mean, we saw it throughout the game. We've seen it throughout the season. We do not close down players. No. It's a, I don't know the thing whether is, they just don't practice no, that, whether they just switch off. It's the, so I think frustrating. The back line I have no problem with because they're supposed to fall back. My problem is, is always with the midfield and the forwards. When they come back, they kind of fall back too. They don't need to. They should actually push forward. I know there'll be a gap a little bit in there, but if one guy falls forward, somebody can yeah. you know, cut in from it. So, Everyone's just backing off. Yeah, every, there's too far... The, the midfield plays way too timid defensively for me. And again, the Cats could have let their head go down, but they, they pushed forward. Reina had a goal chalked off, and it's basically impossible to say whether it was the right decision or not because we only got one angle, yeah. and it wasn't a great angle. But from that angle, it did look like he was slightly off, so I think it was the right decision. And if they did the review, they're going to have had hopefully different angles, but... No, but the thing is with the issue I have with this one is that you know how they say, oh, the ref- the linesman's not if it's a close call, the linesman's not going to put his flag up. Yeah, he did put he his did, flag yeah. up and late too, yeah. really late. Well, after they kind of got into celebration mode, that he put his flag up. I don't know why. Like, I, I, yeah, I'm not getting this. Yeah, so I don't understand. I thought they were supposed to let if it was a close call, let the goal go in, and then decide whether it was offside or not, or let 
VAR decide if it's yeah. that, that's why I don't get it. They're always going to get reviewed. Everyone knows it's going to get reviewed. That's another reason that I get so frustrated with the players crowding the refs for decisions. If it's a mistake, it's going to get reviewed. Yeah. You must know that by now. And just the referee is going to do it no matter what. He's going to get a message no matter what. But got a, a tweet in just now from Ryan Burns at Ryan underscore B13 on Twitter. He says he hasn't seen any remarks or reference to the Cascadia Cup being lost yet again from MDS or any of the players. Should we, the supporters, be a bit chuffed at that? That it, And by chuffed, like, means a bit pissed off. It's like that it doesn't appear to matter to, to the lot. Should culture change not include caring about things like the Cascadia Cup? In the grand scheme of things, was this just maybe such a small thing for this season? By the end of the day, this was the only chance, really, we talked about it straight off the show, of having some kind of silverware. Yeah, but nobody really discussed it either beforehand. There was no barely yeah, any... There, there uh, wasn't, it wasn't brought up at there all. There was a couple of questions and scrums about Cascadian rivalry, but yeah, not nobody really brought, any focus on the cup. Yeah, so nobody was really... I understand the supporters were playing, and I was... Obviously, I knew right away when the game was over, but... Um, I'd like to see it talked about more, because I do feel it has taken a bit of a backseat. Oh, it has taken a backseat, big time. And Maybe because it's not sponsored, that's why. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> the other thing, though, with that as well, you do wonder whether the White Caps, everything the White Caps do in social media, they get slaughtered for. Yeah. So if they started talking this up, you know they'd get slaughtered from from people that were like, "Oh, I don't understand why you're talking this up. That doesn't mean anything. It's not the playoffs. It's not. Yeah. You don't get anything that's worthwhile." So they're kind of in a no-win situation in that regard. But I would like to see it talked about more. MDS kind of set his stall out early, of course, when he said that no game is more important than, yeah, a, than another. Really... So, I mean, I mean, that's difficult. But the good thing about it was we did see a gutsy performance. Mm-hmm. The only thing about it, though, was although the Whitecaps were in the game right until they gave up that third and the, the dying seconds of regulation, the difference in quality between the two teams, it was, it was clear to see. We're, we are simply not the races in terms of midfield and attacking quality against these top teams. And I know Portland's not even in the, the playoffs just now, but just all these teams were just so far behind. And no need to beat it to death. We've talked about it so much this year. It sent us to the bottom of the standings, but we are just, there's a gulf between what we have. And although the signs were there that, oh, there's some positives in this team, there's so much needs done with this team. Yeah, it's it, it needs a revamping. Uh, we talked about it before that uh, you you mentioned it too. The uh, the DeSantos, you know, essentially came in with because LAFC. When were they eliminated? They were eliminated in late S- November, November seventh. I'm sure he had names on his list that he would have wanted, but once you get into the thing, it moves really fast. Um, and everybody talks about the January transfer window. It did open in February. I don't know. Everybody keeps mentioning January transfer yeah. window. Um, but the, the, the window opened. They still weren't able to get the players, and he's admitted that he's made mistakes in the, the, the recruiting of players as well. Yeah. We're going to so, have a good chat with, yeah. with Mark in part two where we're looking at building the squad, recruitment of players, mistakes that, that he's made, and he's honest enough to admit it. We know from the squad... So many of this the squad will not be here next season, but I, I'd say I'd say definitely there needs to be at least seven to eight players brought in for sure. 
I get it. My we are kind of down to the bare bones, yeah. and the thing is, you don't want to keep blowing it up. You might be looking at 10, 12 that will hang around more if you maybe look at some of the homegrown guys or whatever, but for the rest of this season, I mean, the, the playoffs, they've gone, they were gone a, a long, long time ago, we all know that anyway, but what should the rest of this season look like? Should it just be a case of evaluating specific players, giving the young ones a chance, even if MDS, as he said in last or two shows ago, he doesn't feel that they're ready. Guys like RDS, should he be getting starts to see? Look, is, is he worth looking at? No, RDS. I don't. I think he's done. I, I especially with Ricketts, uh, and we'll talk about it yeah. later. Him coming in and all the stuff. I don't see RDS getting uh, definitely not another start unless there's injuries. I would like to see some of the young guys got in. I but I still that Whitecaps can't bring those young guys in if they're not ready to start until they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Once yeah. they're mathematically, which will be in a couple of games probably, probably maybe. Very uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, in a couple of two, two, three games, they'll be in the mathematically limited. Then bring in one guy, uh, have Baldi Simo come off the bench. If David Norman is up to fitness, have him play a couple yeah, of games. I'd like to see that. feel he's going to be in soon. Because the thing is with Norman, if Norman is able to play that holding position in front of those center backs, that will give Imbalm a little bit more leeway to move up and down the field. So th- that's what he's lacking too. So I'd yeah. like to see that a little bit here and there. And, and you know, with other players moving out, that will give those guys more opportunity because there might be some more injuries down the road. You never know oh, what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, we saw Adnan go down now. We've got Kamiri as well that hopefully yeah. at some point that's another guy should be on there. the pitch. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of see. I'd like to see a bit of maybe experimentation with three at the back. Yes. With Godoy, Kamiri and Henry just to see if, if that's what we want if, to do next if year. If they're healthy enough. And no, I wouldn't put Godoy because I don't think Godoy is going to come back. I, no. I, I doubt it. I think they will probably might go after somebody else. But mm. I... I Think because he's on loan, yeah, and I don't think they want to purchase him unless he's really cheap. He has been. He, he was my player of the season up until July, where he's just gone off form. But yeah. it could be tiredness, taking yeah. his toll, and but I'd like to see. Uh, actually, I'd like to see Cornelius Henry if he's healthy and Kamiri at the three at the back to see how that works for next year. Yeah, because then you'll know if you need to bring in a top center back or a center back at a Cornelius and a Kamiri level, and you can save money and put money else somewhere else. That's true. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of activity off the pitch in Whitecaps land this week. Players, as we mentioned, coming and going. It seemed to be, it was a week where it was a tale of players that got away. MDS talked about it in his scrums on Thursday, about not being able to land two designated players this window that they had identified and seriously chased. One was definitely the Korean striker, Ujo Wang. He basically said that. The other uh, is a player that MDS indicated would be known and pleasing to many fans, but he chose to stay where he is just now uh, at his stage of his career. Wong chose to to go to Europe and, and French side Bordeaux. You have to have a feeling that the other DP was probably a guy that was in in Europe and maybe yeah. wanted to stay with his club. That makes sense. Maybe if he wants to stay where he was, yeah. and they, want, he want, they want to see if they're going to be in that after. Christmas, maybe they're not in it, and maybe they make another play for him. Who knows? Yeah, my my thinking is okay if they brought Ricketts and they brought uh, uh oh, I forgot his name now, Chirinos, Chirilos, Chirinos, Chirinos. To call him. Um, uh, if they brought those, then you're assuming that it's probably two attacking players they were going to bring in. Uh, obviously, Huang, like you said, is a striker, so that's kind of what Ricketts was, and they're probably bringing a winger as the other player that they were planning on bringing, and so maybe that player. 
in January, like you said, if he's in uh, European champion, uh, European like competition, and he get they get eliminated, the team does, and maybe they don't see a future for him there. Maybe they have some young players coming up. Maybe he is available in January. He could be brought over for cheaper. Yeah, but I mean, it's good that they're targeting two DPs, but of course, they didn't come off. So that just leads to everyone then saying, "Oh yeah, typical white caps. They put things out there that they're trying to do it because obviously we were linked with Drogba." <laughs> It's like we we were, I don't know how much this has been. Diego Forlan, remember Diego yeah, Forlan? We, were we like, also we did. He's retired, so that definitely those rumors are dead now. <laughs> we made a play for Wayne Rooney as well yes. at one point, but obviously he went to DC, and we'll be talking about the potato-headed one later on in the show. But it, it's disappointing. There was also talk of a trade that didn't come off within MLS. Um, the players' club chose to trade him elsewhere. Glass City tweeted out that he'd been told it was KC's attacking midfielder Kellen Rowe who ended up going to RSL. But fans, as I'm saying, they've just seen it as excuse after excuse after excuse that no one wants to come here. The White Caps still have this cheap sort of mantra going about them. And then adding to that was the purported case of Anthony Jackson Hamel. Montreal media indicated that the White Cats were interested. The deal fell through for financial reasons. Some word coming out being that the White Cats wanted Montreal to pay his salary, or they that didn't makes want no to sense. pay. I know that the makes whole no thing. Sense at all. Like Patrick Johnson from the province tweeted that out. Then it all blew up, and yeah. the White Cats were getting slaughtered. But take a step back and think about it. It makes no sense. He's it not sixty-five thousand. No way. The White Cats know. Uh, like honestly, they know that they're in a position where they're considered cheap. If they were to even yeah. request this, request, even if they went through with the deal but just requested it, yeah. they, that, they would have been slaughtered. There's no way they requested this. I'm sorry. I, I respect Patrick Johnson as a media guy and everything because he's done great work in the past and he's done great work while JJ has been away. But he needs to reevaluate those sources yeah. that told him this. Well, I mean, it seemed to come from... It was Montreal media, some of whom are like broadcasters. Yeah. So you, they kind of cover a bit of gravitas, so you take it as gospel, really. Yeah. If Pete Shad tweets something out, we all probably all here go, oh, yeah, that must be true. Then. Yeah. So there's that aspect of but it. The thing, but the, the thing- fact it comes from Montreal also makes you wonder... Why was that coming out on the yeah. Montreal side? What were they even, getting from this? Even if it was coming from, like, say, a Vancouver source, you got to also take into account there's a lot of people that are looking for to sh- like d- like blast the front office. Oh yeah. So anything that comes out right now, you have to take with a grain of salt. And like we've heard tons of stuff coming out, and we can't always trust what they say. Yeah. I've heard things too, but I'm not going to report no, these no, things because I doesn't. And, to pass, I yeah, know. and we find out that it was totally yeah. false with the things we hear. Like you got agents. Like I don't even know if this this obviously wouldn't have came from an agent because it was a trade. It wasn't a signing. But agents have spread stuff in order to. Who was that player that said that because he oh, wasn't promised a guy it, in South America? No, there was a guy that wanted flights or oh, first class um, flights. Nelson Agabor or something. Like I remember. No, Nosa. 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 Yeah. Nosa yeah. 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 So uh, th- like there there are players like that that just spread stuff. Uh, uh, Camilo's agent spread stuff too. As yes, well, right? As we know very well. Yeah. But MDS was very pissed off by this. Yeah, for uh, sure. It was very evident by, by what he said on Thursday. Now, some of you might have seen this on the Whitecaps website, but if you haven't, or even if you have, it's worth playing again just to talk a little bit about it. So here's what MDS had to say about that. With Anthony Jackson, I'm Ill, I was told, I was told, and I had some calls from people asking me about it. Uh, and I'll tell you this, media has to be very careful uh, 
to analyze what's true and it's what's not true. Um, it's a lie. Our interest in Jackson Amel was we inquired about it, but uh, we never moved forward for other reasons that have nothing to do even with a financial side because it doesn't even make sense. Uh, the reports that, that, that I got, it doesn't even make sense in a cap perspective. So it wasn't related to money, it wasn't related to, to finances, it wasn't related to anything. Jackson was a name that came towards us like many, many other names that we evaluate, that we looked at the big picture, that we did our homework, and at the end of the day we decided not to move forward. That's the truth on Jackson Amel, and today I heard so much about it. I like the kid, he's a good kid, I know him, but we just felt it wasn't right for us. When stuff like that comes out, how frustrating is it for you as a coach? Because yeah. you can't immediately come back Guys, and see what's happening. What's frustrating is, me, I get these, these things in the morning. You know, Nathan does a great uh, job on filling me in. And yesterday I got some calls from people in Montreal and I was, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I just think it's frustrating because it brings a judgment towards people without being true. You have to be smart enough. I think, like me, when I read something, I try to be smart enough to understand what I'm reading. If you read tomorrow that I'm signing a three-year contract with uh, McLaren Mercedes from Formula One, you guys are going to believe in that? You know, I, you can't just read something and then, oh, that's the truth. And the things that were say, said on, uh, on some sources on Jackson, it's not true. And it's not even the kid's fault. It's not the impact's fault. It's not our fault. It's just a lie. And for me, lies frustrate me. When, when media analyze, we're not scoring enough. We need to create more. Uh, we give bad goals away. When you an analyze the game and moves, it's fair. That's your job. And I think it's very, very fair that you do that. And I have all respect towards that. When it's lies, lies bother me a lot. I think part of the thing, though, with people believing it is the White Caps in the past have maybe had a reputation for being a little bit cheap. Yeah. What does the so, club need so to do look, to address that? I understand that. this. And it's fair because I know you now for a while. And even before I was here, we had interviews. You're a passionate guy towards the club doing well. And everybody that covers the Whitecaps want to cover a successful club. And it's uh, frustrating maybe things that happened in the past. But right now, I have a seven-month job here. And I know what, what's happening in the big picture. And I know uh, what we want to build going forward. And unfortunately, these seven months have been a lot of growing pains. But I'm, I, I'm sure where we're going. And I'm very confident with where we're going. And right now, we have to take some bullets. And I understand there's frustration. Uh, but be frustrated, frustrated with real, the real things. Don't be frustrated with lies, you know, lies is not right. MDS to Formula One, confirmed! <laughs> yeah, so Mark really, really not happy there with with what was said. And I mean, the, the thing is anyway about Anthony Jackson Hamel, he's not, the, I don't even think he's that good a player, to, to be honest, that the, 
it's not a loss that the White Cats didn't get him. They no, brought he, in Tossan Ricketts, as we'll talk about in the next part. Way better player. I think he's a better player. Uh, Jackson Hamel is a little younger. Like he's the twenty six. No, but younger than yeah. Ricketts. I six still years. picture him though as being like an academy player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We t- kind of talked about that. But last week's he show, does but. have a decent strike rate. Yeah. In MLS, to an he, ha- he hasn't started the very yeah. many games. He comes off the bench and he scores goals. So, I think he would be, he would be an ideal number two striker behind like a DP next year. So I wouldn't have minded him coming in. So like, I, I think what I don't, I think I, like I, I think he's probably honest there. He, he just inquired about him. They probably didn't get any past that. Cause yeah. they probably would have inquired about him at the beginning of the season. And they probably would have had some talks about it. Right. Yeah. Maybe at the beginning of the season, there was uh, a chat about how much, the the pay would be and Maybe. then and then that then it didn't work out yeah. but it did but at this point sixty five thousand it wasn't going to break the bank for no. anybody especially when you've just let Felipe go and the, get a big whack of your books and the problem the thing is yeah exactly the thing is though the the problem is why this is so believable is because the Whitecaps have done this for like they've kind of made well, their own yeah, bed in that, the past that's seasons the thing. I mean that's what I said to Mark there the reason folk believe it yeah. is this this reputation about the the club being so cheap and. It's a shame for Mark, and we've talked about this before. He he's been judged now for everything that's gone before him. And that's where people have to take a step back. Yeah, and everyone is so skeptical because they don't trust this front office for the the shambles that the club has been for most of its MLS era, and that's why they're skeptical now. But the thing is, barring bringing in some really big name players, guys that folk know from the TV, from either seeing them at the World Cup or in the Premiership or whatever, I I just don't see how the Whitecaps will shake this cheap image anytime soon. Yeah, no, it's, it's 100% true. And it's a shame we don't have Zach, because I'm sure Zach would have some, some good points to, to share in this. And he's sent a message saying that it doesn't look like he's going to probably make it for this show. So that's something we can maybe talk to him about next week. But there was a lot... More to talk about transfer-wise, players coming and going for definite uh, in Whitecats land this week. And we'll be back to chat about that after this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Yes, Mata, the champion E, and we've lost this piece. Where they so waste, where's body? Let that pitch blood. Let that be brave. Listen, bring the drums in. I was born to perform and sing this song. To get the bar, I'm the king, what's wrong? So as long as I'm here and I'm ching the mold, I'm the pain in your ass, you sting the thong. No drumming into your old, call him old man river. I'm roasting hope, but the cold can't shiver. Fuck small, I'm bigger, I'm the tall man figure. I'm a giant in the bar with my shot glass liquor. See, I pound nose physical, my sound goes lyrical. Release the CD as your downloads digital. So flash, get a picture like a gallery. On a fucking jewel carriageway Drive through the barricade Put the airbag away Crack my fucking skull On the windscreen Happily rob you for your salary Just to burn calories With force white house To put the dildo in Valerie Bring the drums in Bring the drums in Hits like a truck shit Vagabonds me See we brought the bombs in Bring the drums in Ah, it's our Artist of the Month there. Edinburgh Rappers is the, the theme for our Artist of the Month for August. That was Wardy Burns, Weird, Zambian Astronaut featuring Mad Hat McGore. Can't have Edinburgh rap without Mad Hat McGore. Oh, so this was a compilation of the best rappers. Yeah, oh. best rappers in Edinburgh. 
Zambian astronaut is fantastic, by the way. Yeah. Never guess where he's from. Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah. <laughs> Via Zambia. But that was Bring the Drums In from a Vagabonds in Space album. Available free download on Bandcamp, as a, a lot of the music of these guys is. You could also contribute and pay some money towards them. We recommend you do that. And we decided not to have a 1979 song this week. We're going to have another Edinburgh rap song kicking off part four. So, of course, I'll be swearing. But welcome back. You're listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. So this part, we're going to have some more Whitecaps chat and also have a little sit-down chat with Mark DeSantos. Got a tweet in from Greg Petrie, who he, he says he disagrees with us. The Whitecaps front office has mishandled so many contracts in the past, it's entirely oh, possible to believe that they would misunderstand that, that's the what rules I'm that's what and I'm ask saying. for someone. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying, that they've give, kind of given that already. I, in this case, I don't think it is the case, but... In this, I, uh, but they have done it so much in the past yeah. that it makes it believable. Yeah, that's that's the bad thing. Yeah, Greg goes on to say the organization has repeatedly been tone deaf in the PR front. Just look at their handling of the scandal earlier this year, which still there's not really been any resolution to, and I'm pretty sure that's going to come back into the headlines again pretty soon because I think the re- review report is due out at some point this month. Did they give? What did they give? They didn't give a time frame though for that. I could have sworn they, it was oh. maybe August, but maybe oh. I've just got that in my head from folk tell me stuff. I oh, don't okay. know. But back to some definite happenings that ha- that happened in Whitecaps land. There was two new additions. One made one, official. Yeah, one, one new. Yeah, we yeah. talked about last week, which was Michael Two L, Cheery Nose. As I'm just going to keep going with. I, I like. Oh, that. so that's not the official one. Ch- cheery Nose. Cheery Nose. Oh, that's not bad. That's pretty cool. Cheery Nose. I like Cheery Nose. Makes him sound a happy, jolly fellow. Ideal yeah, for Christmas. Christmas, for exactly. Yeah. There was also a departure. Felipe Martins left. It was a surprise in some ways. He went out on top, though. Oh, scored God, the winning goal. You scored the winning goal in a game, and then you yeah. get traded a couple of days later. I was then, actually, when uh, I was watching that game, and um, I saw the goal go in, I was like, trade him now, trade him now. I didn't realize <laughs> this was actually going to happen. I had no idea. Well, the f- I can't remember who sent this tweet, but it's like, scores a goal, gets traded immediately. That'll show the rest of the players. <laughs> <laughs> they won't tolerate such things at the Whitecaps. But it, it was a surprise in some ways with the timing of it. Yeah. But we've talked all season that he was a guy that was trade bait because of what he's done in the league before. Yeah, for sure. To go to a big team like DC United and a team whose fans hate him as well. Exactly. He started today. Yes, but that that's and not they a won, bad I think, move too. for him. They won today too, so yeah, they did. Yeah. And it's was a good, it's a good it a move. Draw? Actually, was it a draw? No, they, they won two. They won. won, yeah, yeah, that's right. It was a good move for him. Yeah. Um, maybe not the fans, as we said, but well, there's some. I remember seeing some tweets that some people said that uh, the one reason, the most reasonable person that I saw a tweet from, because most of them was utter pure evil or vitriol or whatever. But one person said, it's okay for now, but if he stays next year, I'm canceling my season tickets. Oh, that was the most reasonable geez. response to everybody. Yes, yeah, so, some of this stuff was like, it was really brutal against yeah. him. I th- he wasn't a fan favorite here. He did work hard and he worked his socks off. Of course, he's going to be coming back next Saturday to face the cap, so no doubt 
that is going to be. What's well, nice of them to trade him to somebody that's coming back, and then yeah. he can do his ease is moving on too, yeah. right? And he, he did say that if he scores this coming Saturday, he will celebrate. I have no problem. With I that, have honestly. no problem with that. You, you know why? Normally, I, I I do kind of have a problem, especially this soon, but because of the way he was like. Um, lambasted yeah. the way he was treated Especially on social media yeah I don't have a problem with him uh, and he didn't ask for the trade and it came as a complete yeah. bolt of the blue Tim I think it's because we got him to kick off our new food segment last week yeah, that possibly. the White Cats were like okay we can't have any more of this so let's just trade him but the good news is there was a couple more segments with Felipe that I haven't played yet I was kind of keeping them to air towards the end of the year and one of them was the only chocolate digestive section that we did that kind of went a little bit sideways. So, let's just hear that now. So, it's at night. You've decided to have a, a hot beverage of choice. Um, do you have a tea, a coffee, or, or something else? A beer. A beer? Yeah. Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? Beer. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. That makes a lot of sense. But I said hot beverage, and I can't then ask him, do you like dumpy biscuits hot, in your beer? Maybe like hot. Disgusting. Maybe like hot beer. Oh, isn't in in the England that yeah, there's England, warm beer? No, they love yeah, warm and beer. The Australians lambast them for having warm beer. Yeah, yeah I I remember the first time I ever heard of it was in an Asterix uh, um, comic book. You know Asterix, the mm-hmm. the Asterix French one. Ball, yeah, yeah. The, the he went they went to England and they were they were stuck with warm beer and they were so upset about it. Well. In Scotland, at gigs, there's a lot of warm beer flying about. At least I think it's beer. But you, you <laughs> don't want to get too close to that. But Felipe has departed, and Michael Chirinos, as we said, was confirmed on Monday. But then, it looked like nothing else was happening. But he did tease something. Yeah, he did tease on, on Thursday that they had managed to do something. He, he did stress as well, he managed to do something legal. Yeah, <laughs> It's like, we weren't going to doubt that you did you did something legal. And th- this is another reason why I think the Jackson Hamel stuff wasn't really on the books. Yeah. Because they wouldn't be inquiring about Jackson Hamel and bringing Ricketts as well. Yeah. It w- the, the two don't make well, sense. He did say they had kind of Ricketts on the back burner, kind of like if they I know, needed but, him, they would No, no, but even in, if but they... If exactly, it, and he's better than Jackson Hamel. And it would have taken longer for them to get Ricketts in instead of Jackson. Jackson Hamel was a quick trade. Yeah. I think actually Jackson Hamel might have been on the back burner and this was the one they were going after. Well, uh, After the Huang one, uh, 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 the Wang one, um, it kind of fell apart. Two Wongs would have made it right. Yes, it would have. I quite like this signing of Tosson Ricketts. Not a big fan of having ex-TFC players here, but he's a veteran. He's got experience internationally at club level as well as internationally with Canada. He's basically, he's got a great goal-scoring record in MLS where he's he's hit a goal every 148 minutes. Good goal. Okay, a good goal-scoring record. (laughs) Actually, no. Well, he's won in the MLS Cup. No, but a goal every... uh, 148. Game game and a half. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, that is pretty good. good record. I'll I'll, I'll bump it up to pretty good. Okay, that's good. I'm glad you agree. (laughs) He's got a good goal-scoring record pretty much everywhere that he's been as well. Yeah. 
I know it's not the sexy signing that lots of folk would want, but it's a chance to evaluate him over the rest of this year. And if he does well, you have him. He's not going to be your starting striker. No. He's going to be this guy doing the role that he did at TFC yeah. when he Coming came off, the, off bench. the bench. He came on for Josie Altidore. He had to come on for a lot. He had to come on a lot too, I think, because Altidore already came off injured. So if he does that here, I, I, this is not a stretch of the imagination to say by the end of the season, Ricketts could be our leading scorer from open play. <laughs> I, I well, genuinely well, think that could he be He only realistic. needs three or four? Yeah, three yeah. to tie 40 <laughs> wins. <laughs> there you go. So, there you go. I mean, what, what's your thoughts? And I, I, I like it. I, I, I like the signing position. because what it, it does give him, it gives him a guy who kind of, like we talked about before, fits MDS's system. He's got pace up front. He can pressure the defenders when they when the when the other team has possession of the ball. He can play on the wing if he need yeah, be. He can switch. Remember, I was talking about like like, and this is not me talking. This is actually Mark DeSantos. He wanted to play like Liverpool, and yeah. Liverpool has those three strikers: Firmino, uh, Salah, and uh, Sane. And Sane, they had Coutinho Ma- before. Yeah, w- it was one of them. I can't remember. Manny. Right, it was Manny. Manny. Yeah. Um, uh, the good those, Manny. Yeah, the the three of them just interact like they 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 swap back and forth. One yeah. guy's on the left side, one guy's right, one guy's in the middle. Then they, and that's go, what, they switch that's around. That's what MDS is looking for. I know. And so this is a guy that can do that. So a, a good addition. You could say one of the maybe few good additions this year. I don't know. Maybe that's just being harsh with hindsight. I think he's hit fifty fifty. I mean, recruitment for me was clearly a mess this off season. There was too many nationalities from markets not used to the the demands really that MLS poses and yeah. MDS is aware of that he's talked about it with us a couple of weeks ago in the show he knows that the recruitment needs to be better this time around there can be no mistakes at all this time around and that was one of several things I, I got a chance to to sit down with Mark this week uh training on Thursday after they wrapped up training we went and had a little sit down chat talked about that and a lot more let's hear what he had to say So Mark, just kind of wanted to touch on a few things that we've spoken about recently and you've spoken about in in scrums and stuff. Mm -hmm. One of them about building the squad. Now, expectations were obviously high that players might come in. How difficult have you found building the squad this year? Has it been more difficult than you thought it was going to be? Yeah, much more difficult because... um, we had to build it in about a month and a half and uh, 21 players left and it was a huge change in the club, the direction. Uh, and when that was happening, um, we we didn't have an expansion draft and it's all the players inside the MLS because we don't have a lot of MLS experience inside the, uh, inside the, the roster. But all the players we tried to go after um, inside the MLS, it was very hard. Uh, you see now the moves in MLS. Uh, Ico Para for one million to 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 Minnesota. Then Godoy that was free a month uh, a year ago now went for six fifty of allocation to to Nashville. Yeah. Uh, all of this the intraleague made it very very difficult. So in one month one month and a half we needed to go after players that were kind of easy or or free or, you know, that we didn't really have time to do 
a big work in the recruitment on them because everything happened so fast. But we need we needed to get going. Uh, and now, of course, after six months, we have a base that we're able to evaluate. We're able to evaluate which are the sectors that we did well, which are the sectors that we didn't well, and we're, we're, it's not good enough, and we, we, we need to, to bring better quality. Um, and we, we're aware of that now. Uh, we also learned a lot about markets, um, players from Europe versus players from... Uh, from South America, our players from Africa, we're learning a lot about type of leagues, uh, leagues that are very easy to adapt from one league to MLS, others that are very difficult because of schedule, because of traveling, because of type of football that is played. Um, so that, that's that been the first part uh, that we realized in the first six months. You added so many different nationalities this year. I mean, obviously hindsight's a great thing, but did you maybe add too many different yeah. ones? Yeah, I think that that's another thing we evaluated. Uh, too many cultures makes it more difficult to become one culture sometimes, you know, and it's good to have uh, diversity, but maybe we add a little bit too much, and that's after the the first six months again you know just before this transfer window we evaluated very well uh, what we did what we had in the locker room uh, and when you have a lot a lot of different cultures what happens is that there's a, a lot of different thoughts um, and and it makes it even more uh, it takes even more time to get those cultures together you know I, I say that a lot of times Countries get uh, into wars easily, and sometimes too many. We have a good locker room, but culturally, it's, it takes even more time to get the players uh, ready for something, and that's something we, we certainly learned about. Talking of the locker room, it has felt on the pitch in some of the recent games, players are shouting at each other, there seems a lot of frustration amongst them. Yeah. Is that just a desire to win, yeah. or is there some players maybe feeling that others aren't contributing? Yeah, no, 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 it's a very fair question. I think in the last two games, uh, we've seen it a little bit less, yeah. right? In Minnesota and in Cincinnati, you saw more of a unity. But the, the prior to that, there was some dynamics that I wasn't recognizing. And I'm being honest with you, I was thinking about is it the fact players left, so many players left, we had a break, now they came back? Is it the fact even something simple like the salaries of MLS being official? or yeah. ad, Is it, I don't know, we question everything when we feel that. And we felt a little bit more tension than usual. Uh, so it's what you saw on TV, it's the truth. It's some tensions that weren't there. But I think it was very... Uh, uh, very connected with the lack of results uh, much more than that because once we're together uh, team meals they get everybody gets along uh, in meetings everybody gets along but uh, I would say the level of patience of everybody was less and less so we saw more of that yeah uh, and that's something we addressed also as a team and I think that you see mental strength after having such a bad month of July and you get that uppercut against Calgary that kind of knocks you out even more 
but you're able to react in a way and go to Minnesota and tie and go to Cincinnati and win. And that's a positive uh, reaction to, to everything. So if you saw some friction and tension, yes, but it was much more related with frustration of wanting to do well. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes also guys thinking, hey, man, you have to do more for sure. Looking around MLS, especially this transfer window, it kind of feels like a bit of a different league. You look at, for example, the Galaxy, they're adding multi-million dollar players via TAM and they're getting like free loans for the season. How can a club like the Whitecaps compete with teams like that and things like this happening? Yeah, for me, it's just one solution. Uh, and I said that since the beginning and I even think I spoke about that. It was my major pot, uh, topic in the interview. Uh, process we need to recruit better than everybody and with that it's not only three guys behind the computer and uh, yeah this guy looks good because if you don't do your job financially and doing your job financially means some will always spend more than others but your job or your process and your department in recruiting is low well the recipe for failure is very very high so you're not spending, you're recruiting, or your process of recruiting is not well. So what chance do you have? If you don't spend like others, you have to recruit better than others. So you have to have a system in place, and you have to have scouts in place. And if you, have, you need a department in place of evaluation, you need to create something that you always become proactive and not reactive. And this is something that... Uh, that we're currently very focused on building here. So I can talk about the the years prior to me. Why wasn't it built? Uh, why wasn't it more uh, done in, in, in a certain fashion that how I see it? Uh, I don't know. I just know what I want to do here right now. When you are recruiting, obviously the Alfonso Davies transfer, other clubs are going to think, oh, the White Cats have got all this money. Has that been difficult? Do you find prices are being inflated because they think you've got so much money to spend? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't know because you don't know what's true or, or what's not true because clubs give you a price or agents give you a price. Um, nobody has ever mentioned to me the Afonso Davis money. No deal has been... When we tried to get this guy in Japan... Uh, the club in Japan didn't say uh, we were about to to sell him for this, but because you guys sold Afonso, we're selling you. No, no, it never comes up. So I don't think that. I just think that for us to go out and spend a certain amount, uh, we need to do very well our homework. And the two guys that we're talking about that we went after... Uh, being two DPs, these are two guys that we that we invested a lot of time, and we know them, and we we send people to go watch them. So there was a process behind that felt us comfortable of saying, okay, we could offer the money to try to get it. So I think our ownership group sometimes I no not sometimes I I hear a lot that they're cheap, they're cheap, they're cheap. They're not the two the two players DP that we went after. They were committed to get them, but you need to do it with the right the right players, uh, and that's what we need to, f to figure. Is now we have a, a big target in January uh, that we need to continue doing our homework, and our owners are committed to 
to, for the right players to invest the money. The midfield has been the clear problem this season. It's the link to everything. Pre-season, you gave us that talk yeah. and you talked so much about the high press and the triangles. Yeah. It just simply hasn't been there. Is yeah. that just because the players haven't been capable or when they get on the pitch, are they just ignoring no, what no, you're telling them? No, no, it's profile. It's profile because if you want a high press, you need the first line of pressure to be very dynamic and aggressive in that because everything is connected. If that first line is not aggressive and don't close down fast enough to start the process, then it's a trickle effect that goes down and uh, the team's not able to come up. And I think um, right now we don't have um, a number nine uh, with the profile of our pressing player uh, in the nines that we become a little bit more aggressive in our pressure if Jordi plays there. If you look at the games against... There's two games Jordi played at a number nine in the beginning of the mm-hmm. season that you saw some moments of pressure that were much better, and that's the dynamic of the four. Then in the midfield, uh, you need all of them to have a lot of volume. Uh, and I think that one of the things of, that I realized is I wanted to play a certain way, but then I started to to read the profiles that I had and as a club it's very difficult to do what I want to do right now because of profile and I hope that that's could, that could be corrected and, and grow with time but right now I think it's much more profile than anything else Club announced this week that you were signing or you have signed Toss and Ricketts is that something that you see as a short term move or is he a guy that you'd like to, to keep here next year? Look, so for, for, for that situation, after the transfer window, we were at the end. The moves we tried to do um, at the last minute didn't work out. You know, we stayed until the final whistle yesterday here, waiting uh, around the phone. And it was heavy, it was long, and we're back and forth with clubs. And we knew that we, we had to say we had a conversation with him and we knew that he was in the back pocket as a solution to add another player because we feel that offensively we need to add two new pieces and having Michael and Toussaint would give us the ability to breathe a little bit more we we finished the game in Cincinnati our three forwards were Brett on the right, uh, the left Scott Sutter on the right and Freddie in the middle you know there's so much you could do when you end the game like that and still it was with Brett and with Scott that we found the second goal and we scored the second goal but we felt, man, we need more weapons. We need uh, weapons that are going to at least allow us to be competitive until the end of the season while we're building uh, 2020. And, uh, and Toussaint is a solution that we could see as a help for short term. But then, of course, it's a platform for him in nine, eight mm-hmm. games to maybe put us in a position to say... Wait a minute. Maybe he could be a very important role player for us, like he was with Toronto FC when they won the MLS Cup. And if you see that year, the amount of times he came on for Altidore, uh, or when Altidore was injured, he, he contributed all yeah, he the time. Scored. He scored. He, he, minute, he works. Incredible. He had a very important goal against Montreal in the semi-final of the conference. Uh, so, so based on that and based that we feel that 
his adaptation would be very fast. It won't be a player that needs men much time to adapt. We said, no, this is a, this is a no-brainer. Let's go. Great. Thanks for your time today, Mark, Thank and we'll talk soon. The gaffer, Mark De Santos, there, and some stuff to to unpack from that. He talked there about basically recruitment, and like when we talked to Mark a couple of weeks ago, he mentioned that the markets they need to look at South America, Brazil, yeah. Argentina, Colombia kind of expanded all on there. Yeah. Now we we've been there in the past, and it hasn't been a great success. We've had mixed success. What makes you think it's going to be different this time around? Just that Mark's going to maybe identify players better? Well, whoever are going to be linked into one agency? Yeah, whoever the scouts are and everything like that, I think that will make a big difference, first of all. Um, and obviously, we don't know, like, um, the, and I'm, I'm not taking a shot at Robbo here, but the previous, even going back to Rennie, right? Uh, the style was different then the players they brought in really kind of didn't fit the style that those previous coaches had. Uh, it didn't really work out. Matias Labo was probably the one that really fit what Robbo wanted to do. Other than that, like you got uh, Mesquita and uh, Fernandez and everything like that. Remember mm-hmm. those, those two first signings? They really didn't fit what Robbo wanted, like a straightforward attack. So I don't know if that maybe maybe I'm misremembering. I don't know. Maybe you can correct me. I or don't not. know. I mean, Robbo did seem to bring in a lot of defensive midfielders, but yeah. he also brought in players and that didn't really fit his style. Yeah, exactly. Like when Freddie Montero was here in 2017. He was being asked to play As a, in a way that didn't really suit his like style. a target number yeah, nine. And then yeah. you brought in Kai Kamara, that was perfect for it. Yes. And then probably again, hindsight's a great thing. I'm pretty sure the only player that the MDS regrets letting go. It's probably Kai Kamara. I think so. Yeah. I think he would have fitted well, really yeah. well. But I mean, it, it, again, hindsight's great, but it, it does sound like recruitment this off season that it was rushed, it was full of mistakes, and uh, MDS is keen not to repeat it. For me, one of the best lines in there was him saying that if you're going to be a club that isn't spending money, then re- you have to recruit better than everyone else. Hundred percent. And that does not involve having three guys sitting behind a computer saying, "Oh, he looks good." You have to get out, rely on these scouts. Exactly. I'll, and that's what it sounds like it's going to be. One of the best examples I can give you from another sport is back in I want to say the early '90s, late '80s, uh, the Montreal Expos um, baseball team. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't, you probably weren't around when they <laughs> when they I re- came. I remember up. them from yeah. like playing computer games. Yeah. But they they couldn't spend money, so they would lose players left, right, and center. Like they, they, they as soon as they became free agents or they were close to free agency, they had to trade them because they knew they couldn't sign them. But they had such a great recruiting that they would be able to replace that player the next year with somebody else that fit that role. So they were always kind of in it. They were never really down in the bottom of the standings because they always did a good job of scouting and identifying the right player went during the draft and everything because obviously baseball is a lot of draft yeah. stuff. So they, they, if they can, if you're a team that doesn't spend money on the top end players, you got to spend money on scouts and find these players and send your scouts off, locate, uh, locate the, the diamond in the rough who, you know, maybe needs a tweak here, a tweak there. Like how 
Robbo turned around Camilo and made him a, a superstar striker. They need that little tweak in order to elevate their game yeah, into the Camilo's next level. Camilo's been few and far between, but you look at other clubs, you look at like Portland. Yeah. Now, they've had some misses as well, but yes. I mean, they've, but when they've they, had some big, big hits. When they hit the big, those players were established. Like You're talking about Fernandez. We didn't know him, but he was yeah. established in the Liga MX. MX. Had done yeah. Well, but yeah, but then they brought like Valeri. Folk didn't really know Valeri, and he's been a, such a star. I still think Argentina is the the country they really need to put a lot of focus in. And the thing is, like Mark is responsible for these players, identifying them, whether it was rushed or not. He carries the, the blame for that, and he knows that, and he admits that. Because of that, though, he seems to have lost a chunk of the fan base. And the, the only way to turn this around, the only way for the Whitecaps to shake this cheap image... It's the, the whole proof is in the pudding thing. They've got to do well in this off-season. They've got to recruit well. They've got to have a competitive team for next year. They've got to be seen to have spent wisely to bring in some real difference makers. And, I mean, we'll know in a year's time if next summer we're talking about another disastrous season or hopefully we're talking that things have gone well. But... The, the positive signs are there. I'm optimistic for next season yeah. from talking to Mark and all the things that he, that he says he's looking to do. What it's going to look like on the pitch is hopefully going to be like what he talked about with the high press and all this kind of stuff. That it seems to be the players that he brought in haven't been capable of doing that. Yeah. Whether they've said to him that they can do that and they haven't or he just brought the wrong players in. I think I the traveling thing has probably I had a killed big, a few of them. I, I yeah. think it's it's had a bit of effect. Like they need to, as a good example, they need to have depth and uh, uh, decent players. They need to have players that they can. I know he doesn't want to rotate players, but sometimes you need to rotate, especially the long trips. You, uh, MLS, you, you have to. You essentially need a traveling squad, like somebody that goes on those long yeah. road trips that you rested at home. Then you need to rotate them in and out. But the crazy not, thing not is, a full, we've, when not we've a f- had our weaker teams, we've done better in yeah. games this year. Like, even like when last, the guys went to the Gold Cup, we were doing okay. Yeah, even last year though, when we, yeah, F- well, we remember yeah, that we couple trips Dallas. to FC Dallas yeah. and stuff like that, they, they, they did yeah. well. So you need to, you can't be scared of rotating in players. You don't want to do a full rotation where it's eleven for eleven. But you need to bring in three, four players that can kind of lift the rest of the team up. Depth has certainly been a concern this year, and hopefully that is one of the big things that, that is addressed next year. But that's it for our Whitecaps chat. We're going to be back with some MLS chat after this. Hi, I'm Daniel Henry, and you are listening to AFTN. going to go my way Steve? Sure let's go this way. Okay let's go this way. Welcome back you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. 
So it wasn't just in Whitecaps land that it's been a lot to talk about this week. Throughout MLS, it's given us some juicy talking points. And have to kick things off with the big breaking news from tonight. RSL have sacked head coach Mike Petke. Petke was suspended for two weeks. He was due to, to come back into the, the fold Was it two weeks or a certain number of games? It was six games, but only three MLS games. Oh, gotcha. So it would have been two weeks. Two yeah, weeks. Yeah, yeah. They're unbeaten in that time that he's been away. So he was due to, to get back into work on Monday. He'd been asked to not have any contact with the team at all. But tonight, sacked by RSL, they're saying that they've basically sacked him for the, the homophobic comments he made to the referee, which we kind of talked about when we, we mentioned the initial suspension, and that it goes against all what the club believe in, diversity uh, and all of that. I'm surprised, to be honest, that if they were going to sack him, that they didn't do it right away. Yeah, that's, that's, but for it to come now, it just seems a bit strange. No, it does. Maybe they want to make sure they investigated it properly and talk to everybody before they actually did the well, sacking. It, it seems from one of the reports I read, I think in the, the Salt Lake Tribune, that one of the owners was talking to supporters at the, the ladies team in Salt Lake, whose name completely escapes me right now. But... Or it might have even been a Monarchs game, but it was. They were basically talking to supporters midweek, and it was after those discussions that he kind of indicated that was something that was on the table. And now, now it looks like he he's gone. Yeah. And we're not going to get into the debate about what he said, what he didn't, whether it's a second offence, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, it is a second offence. But what I would say to you now, though, is is this this has this tarnished him in MLS? How easy is it going to be for him to get another job after this? Does he have to be really contrite? They oh. asked him to go to anger management. Does he have issues? Well, that he needs to get seem to be have been addressed before well, another club will touch him. We're clear. It's clear he has anger issues, mm. especially like we knew that a couple of yeah, years ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago, over the last two. That years. poor printer got bashed to hell. Yeah. So uh, the, I, I, I do think it. I agree. It's, it is a sackable offense based on like uh, based on what. MLS, how they uh, brand their, like the whole thing about MLS is for everybody, yeah. which is no problem with that. But I was just saying, like, if they're going to say that MLS is everybody, and then he does uh, say one of those homophobic slurs, that it is a sackable offense at that point. Um, I'm, I'm like, I'm surprised with you that it, it took this long, Yeah, but I guess there is, they want to make sure they did it properly. They didn't want to rush it. And that way he has a reason to sue. Or something like that. They don't. Want I, to, I'm very interested to see what Petke's reaction to this is going to be, or if he's going to have been advised. You're probably best to keep a a low profile. Low right profile now. or complete. I don't even think a low profile. If he wants to work again, he shouldn't do a low profile. He needs to actually apologize yep. right away. Right? Yeah. If he, that's um, what he said. I I still think he's a good coach, and yeah. it's whether other clubs will give him the benefit of the doubt now, and and. Give him another shot. I, I don't. We'll I don't ever see him coming to the Whitecaps ever. No, because if Lee Nguyen uh, got sent yes. away, then I don't think Petke's going to. Yeah, come and in. the whole Ferrari around Kendall Waston last year. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, On to the playing side. One of the big stories this week: Shrek is going back to the swamp. Yes, Wayne <laughs> Rooney. It's been revealed he's the new assistant manager with English Championship side Derby County. Not saying that Derby's a swamp, more just England in general. 
He's not going to be heading there though until after the MLS season, so he's going to see it out. Yeah. It's not a big surprise. He, like many UK players, the murmurs are that he's going to go back. There's been other murmurs for a while as well that his wife's maybe struggled to settle. It seems to be for a lot of high profile wags from the UK that have come over here. You can look at Kenny Miller's wife as an example. They've really struggled to, to settle. And folk don't understand why. And part of it is kind of like they're used to a certain party lifestyle and going out with friends and, and all those kind of things. And yeah. they kind of miss that here. And I think just the vast expanse of the country and players being away for so long, for such long trips. Especially like, they, the, yeah, for long yeah, trips. Yeah, they That's really the thing. struggle to settle. Because there you, you leave for the day and you're back the, the same night. Yeah, yeah, occasionally you've got an overnight trip, but yeah. it's like, yeah, often you're back the, the same night or whatever. So he he isn't leaving till the end of the season. He did not play today, though, in the, the win over LA Galaxy. He apparently had, I would like to say, man flu, but it's an upper respiratory infection. Which you have to wonder, it might hang around Mr. Potato Head for maybe another week, and he may not make this cross-continent trip to BC Place this weekend. Yeah, I, I, it, there is a chance. I, like, I, I think if he was fully healthy and he didn't have this issue at all, like if this is, I think it is an issue. I, I think he would have played today. Today was an important game. Like it was a yeah, national I, televised yeah, I think game. He played today. I think he would have played today. I don't think I so. just didn't expect him to ever come next week, with or without transferring out. Just you're going across the country against a team that's bottom of the West. You could probably beat them with one hand tied behind your back right now, but, and it's some turf. But Rooney's not uh, the type of player like the previous like high-profile players like a Thierry Henry or others. No, he has. Made but you the, want to keep him healthy. I know, but he, he has hasn't. There's been a few games he hasn't played in turf. But he has made the trip back and forth. Like yeah. he has, he's gone across country. So I don't see. But I do probably agree that uh, the now that this has happened, where he missed today, they can't say, "Oh, he's." You know, he's faking it because yeah. he did miss today. They, yeah. will, they might extend it. He might be better by tomorrow, but they won't tell us that if he doesn't miss next If week. it comes out that he's not coming, that is a killer for caps, for tickets, because, yeah. I mean, we were talking about this on the phone. Attendance is a BC place this season. They're already low. Yeah. DC United, yeah, they're riding high in, in the East, but they're an unsexy team. Oh, for sure. With Rooney, it makes them a bit of a sexy team, if you find Potato sexy. But... In general, them, Philadelphia, two teams at the top that's playing nice football are not the kind of teams that's going to put bums on seats. If Rooney's not here, with the White Cats being bottom... As, as long as they can keep it quiet that yeah. he's not coming until the last know. day or so. Quiet no, be because I, I still remember the time when remember Beckham got that uh, yellow card, that extra yellow yeah. that got him suspended. They, uh, uh, I don't know if you recall, but there were people in f- the, the pack- city was packed because they expected Beckham. Nobody had heard that Beckham was suspended and nobody reported it like from the Whitecaps. Oh, by the way, Beckham's not coming. Still buy these tickets because they just they just kept it quiet. Nobody mentioned it because at that time, well, what year was it? That was like 2013, I think, or something like that. Like, it, nobody really paid attention to the Whitecaps in the mainstream media, yeah. and and then nobody and the White Whitecaps were really were just uh, advertising the uh, Galaxy. They didn't mention Beckham at all, so it kind of like fell under the radar. And people were going, "Where's Beckham? Where's Beckham in the stats?" So the unfortunate thing is the social media sort of picture that they've got for for tickets and for advertising this is Ali Adnan and Wayne Rooney. Yeah. So neither maybe on the pitch on well, Saturday. As long as they change it before that. Yeah. I don't mind. I'm always happy if weaker teams come here because it gives the White Cats a more of a fight and chance. But at the same time, 
the players are over anyway. <laughs> but there's been other new additions to the league this week. Rooney may be leaving. Other ones are joining. And we won't go into all of them. But I do want to talk about the farcical nature <laughs> of LA Galaxy. And we alluded to it there when I spoke to MDS. Being able to add a $15 million valued player, Boca Juniors winger Christian Pavon, on a free loan to the end of the season with a salary bought down by Tam, with everyone knowing he's going to be a DP next year. Fuck right off. That is manipulating everything yet again. It's just absolutely shocking. I I could see how they did it a little bit because they probably offered more money to the uh, the team. Like they said, they will pay you more money in January. So if you give it to us, give you pay some oh, of no, the salary. See how they've done it. And yeah. It's like, I'm not blaming the Galaxy really for this either. I'm blaming MLS for having rules that can be manipulated. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hats off to the Galaxy that they're able to get this time and time again. Managed to get ways around it. But come on, do something about this. It's absolutely ridiculous. Because it... Because I was looking at the salaries and I, I noticed that Giovanni De Santos, um, his team, his club team is Major League Soccer. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he was supposed to be a designated player too. And I don't know how they got him off the books. Yeah. Is he still playing with the LA No, Gunners? no. The, he he was gone. Yeah, he's gone, but it's, he's still on the salaries yeah. and he's listed, his club is listed as Major League Soccer and not the LA Galaxy. So I don't know. Obviously, some shiftiness there happened as well. Yeah. It's just very, very weird. And it's always the Galaxy it seems to revolve around. Yeah. There's been action on the pitch, though. We won't go into this week's games in too much detail. But on Thursday, Houston lost 3-2 at NY City FC. And the big talking point out of this was the Dynamo had tied it up in the 26th minute. Three minutes later, after getting themselves back in the game, a game they really needed to take something from for the playoff race, Rommel Kyoto got sent off. An elbow to the back of the head. It was absolutely disgraceful. Was it elbow or more of like a forearm shiv? (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of a bit of both, but it definitely was like elbow. Contact with the elbow. Definitely back of the head. Because he moved his whole forearm into it too. It only got a booking at first as well, and then it was reviewed. It was right in front of the ref. Yeah. But after that, well, his team actually took the lead in the 77th minute, but then the 10 men gave up two goals in the final 10 minutes without a winner coming in the the 93rd minute. And that was a huge loss for Houston, who are now six points back of the playoff spots. They lost today as well. To Philadelphia, yeah. Which playing two games on a Thursday and a Sunday is like kind of a big ask for a team anyway. But it's New York and Philadelphia. It wasn't like the Whitecaps where you have to fly back and forward for it. Portland's win over the Whitecaps moved them to within two points off the playoff spots. But if you look at the standings in the West, what a dogfight this is going to be. Three points separate second place Seattle and seventh place Dallas, with Portland just being outside of that for their two points back. It's absolutely incredible. It's got all to play for. Seattle stuttered, really, in in a three-all draw with New England. They gave up a late penalty for handball, 87th minute. I mean, that was quite contentious because there was arguments as to, to whether it was a handball or not. I don't know what a handball is anymore, so no, it was impossible <laughs> to say, but it, it was harsh. Even, it's against the Sounders, but I mean, it was kind of harsh, but at the same time, it was a handball. And it was against the Sounders. So it was against the Sounders. So yeah, f- fair play doing that. So they weren't happy about that. The Sounders hadn't been happy at the end of the first half 
when New England had scored a goal and then they completely crowded the referee who went to video review and chalked the goal off because they said that Stephen Fry had control of the ball in his hand, which for me, he didn't. No, I don't think so either. And I, I think I, that was very, very fortunate for yeah. him. I mean, I'm an I'm a old man. I'm going to moan about goalkeepers getting too much protection, but he never had full control of that. And it was the player he was essentially bobbled to go it. for it. He yeah. essentially bobbled it. That's that, if, he, if a goalkeeper's bobbling the ball, I don't think he's got control yeah, of it. I don't either. But they crowded him there, and that was pretty bad. Then they weren't happy with the penalty, and then they had their own penalty shout when Rui Diaz went down the box, which for me was a bit of a flop. Yeah. And then again, five players crowd the referee, and not even like Kim gets booked. Not not even like like around the referee, actually, like almost in his face. Yeah. His oh, they, they, face, they were really, really really in his face. Like they and, actually essentially had to buy him dinner. <laughs> That's how close they were to him. Like, I don't care what team it is. Yeah, I hate the Sounders, but if it was the Whitecaps, I'd be saying the same thing. I hate this so much in the modern game. Players give the referee respect, and the referee book these fuckers. Every single one of them get the card out and book them. Remember, and some was, of them is going to have second bookings and get sent off for it. Who was the former ref I interviewed? Was it Peter Walton? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, ref- I, I remember asking him about the crowding. He said the referees really aren't bothered by it that much. The only problem is, is that when you have the players surrounding them, then the f- the fans start disrespecting, and they're going to disrespect the referee anyways. Yeah. But they got more leeway to disrespect oh, the referee, yeah. and that gets a little bit ugly too at some, certain points. Yeah, like you can swear at the referee and everything, but then they start throwing stuff at the referee because they see their players crowding the referee, not showing respect. And then you get that as well, so it's not a good sign at all. No, and we know from the White Cats in the Robo years, he was always lambasting the referee and the fourth officials and stuff, and it's, it's horrible to see. I, I yeah. genuinely hate it. And I'm not a fan of referees, but it has something has to get done. Yeah, like the scientists will get fined for mass yeah, confrontation. They That's should. guaranteed because the Caps have had it over the years as well. But they need to just hand bookings out, not just one. Book every single player that is around them. Anyway, that's that run over. Dallas and Minnesota, they were involved in the, the big ding-dong battle. <laughs> a of lot week. of goals in that one. 5-3 with a couple of other really good chances as well. Fantastic game. Just watch the highlights on MLS Soccer. They managed to get the highlights into four minutes somehow because it was great stuff. The, the winning two goals came late on for Dallas as well, which is a massive boost to them. We said last week, Dallas for me is the team that could drop out the playoff spots. This was a huge three points to them. Yeah. And a, a bit of a blow for Minnesota as well with everything being so tight. Not as big a blow though as Sporting KC's loss 2-1 at home to RSL. Their miserable season is continuing. We, we, I think uh, I think they're hooped. So I think I think the moral of the Sporting Kansas City story is that if just in case, just because you beat the Whitecaps doesn't mean your season's turned around. Yes. That's the moral of the story. They, they made that mistake, I think. I think. In yeah. That. Johnny Russell did get the goal for SKC, so I was happy with that. And they had a fantastic Twitter thing when he scored, which was him bursting through a wall with an axe, going, "Here's Johnny," akin to the, the Shining. So that was fantastic. I enjoyed that. Colorado, plague-ridden, plague-ridden Colorado Rapids, the Dick's Plague, is paying off. It's working wonders for them. Back-to-back home wins, beating San Jose 2-1, which was a, a big loss for San Jose. It's, it's honestly too bad they're not in the playoffs because if, if they made a miraculous run during this whole plague thing, you can actually use Dick's Plague as like a, a crying, like a you know a rallying point or something like that. And then you could have like signs up and TIFOs up with Dick's Plague on there and all that stuff. I think it would be fantastic. It would yeah. really work. 
Can you imagine the TFOs? Can you imagine the TFOs? They probably get banned. Yeah, probably. The two LA teams were in action late tonight. The very last game of the weekend, LAFC ran out 4-2 winners against uh, Red Bulls of New York. So that, that was a, a good game, which we didn't really get to see. I saw the first the the I saw the first half. It was the, I saw Jordan Harvey's goal. Yeah, uh, Stephen Berish. goal for two years? Uh, Stephen Berishore set up the second one. Oh. And then and then the Red Bull scored two quick goals just before the half, which is... But the thing is about LAFC, quickly... They've got a great attack, but they're like really suspect on the mm. back end. Like they've they've shown it. Well, it's a number like the of times. Newcastle when Kevin Keegan was there when they were battling with Man yeah. U, they were winning games five four because yeah, you just have to outscore your opposition. Score, yeah. But then if it goes down to goal difference, then you're kind of screwed. Yeah. And the other LA team, the Galaxy, they were involved in a, a entertaining game with DC United, the White Caps opponents from next week. Some controversy in that one too. Mm. DC United won two one. And, yeah, it was, yeah, there was some interesting moments, I think, Steve, it's, it's fair to say. Slatten went down the box a few times. He, he likes to go down and stay down in the hope that they're going to review it or whatever. But it was a good win for DC United. It's a win they had to, to get, and it's another reason, the fact that they won against the Galaxy, that I don't think they'll bring their, their full team over next week. They're going to have Ola Kamara, yeah. so I think he makes the trip as opposed to Rooney. Yeah, that's true. But talking of the Galaxy and Zlatan... It's a weekly trip, Zlatan. Yeah, he, he had a few choice words about MLS referees and the whole MLS playoff system this week. They were so good. I've got to play those for you now. You obviously missed the game last weekend. How yeah. difficult was it for you to to watch and not being able to do anything to help the team in that situation? It's difficult. It's very difficult. But when you have referees like you have, I don't want to be too critical that they are not on the level of the game. It's difficult to play the game. I mean, the last referee we had, I didn't have the chance to speak after the game because nobody was there, which made me made it easier for me. But the level he kept is too low. It's too low. He needs help. He needs education. He needs everything to, to, to improve and get better. So we can be critical about players and that we are human beings, but also the referees needs to step up. And you have the VAR, they're going against the VAR. You have a referee that said stupid things to me before he gave me a yellow card, which I don't need to say. That for me never happened. That is not professional. You talk to the referee, you're a captain, he calls Jonathan to speak with him, to give me a message. You don't speak straight to the captain. So obviously it doesn't keep the level. And that's me not being critical. So wait until I am real critical. Slatan, after the game, uh, um, last game, uh, Jonathan seemed a little frustrated, maybe saying he wasn't used to losing in that manner. Is that something that you, that you share, the same feeling? And if so, is that something that you try to, to communicate to the younger players to have that winning mentality, to not be complacent when things go bad? I said uh, already last year when we lost four or five games in a row, <clears throat> I was not used to it. It never happened to me before. And uh, that is something I, I don't want to adapt to, but to, to learn from it and, uh, and uh, not to let it happen again. So obviously that's different system in the US. I don't know if you're familiar with these guys here when they talk about the playoff. You just need to make the playoff, win the playoff, and that's it. So it doesn't matter if you lose or win. But is that something that you try to, to talk to the younger players to have that mentality that you have? But how can of? you learn mentality if you just need to, to reach the playoffs? So that's the problem then, the format is probably the... I think the system is shit, but 
that's the way it is. Because you talk about mentality. For me, mentality is every day. Training, the way you train is the way you play game. The, the results in every game is important. But here you come seven, seven plays, you make the playoff, you win. So how do you create that mentality to be on your toes 24 hours? It's very difficult. This is Latin. Not mincing his words. Not being no. critical either. No, I can't wait to hear what he's like <laughs> when he's critical. That's going to be fantastic when that happens. Now, we were talking about this on the way in. First of all, the referees. I think we can agree the referee standard here is that's, on the whole pretty poor. Nothing new. Yeah. The whole playoff thing. And there was a bit of debate on Twitter about it this week. And I can't remember who it was, but someone had a really good tweet where they were showing the major leagues in North America, NFL, NBA, NHL, etc. And MLS was including that. And the percentage of their teams that make the postseason, make the playoffs. And MLS was the highest at 54%. For now. For now. For now, because they're adding more teams. Yeah. It'll, it'll get lower. So just now, yeah, it's the highest. Now It'll actually be second lowest by the time that all the teams are in, I think. Hopefully. We were talking about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of playoffs in general, and but... In the UK, for example, I'm warming to them because it adds some fantastic end-of-season excitement. Here, it does add end-of-season excitement. It is kind of crappy, though, that the seventh team can win it. And I know that that's just that's the rules of it. And I know playoffs aren't going to go away anytime soon here because that's what North American culture is built on. But I, I can also see Zlatan's point of view... It is a, it's shitty if you're not used to it. The, oh, oh, the problem is with his little comment about you just have to make the playoffs. Last year, they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. So he, he didn't even I get it. rankles. Yeah. So he didn't even make the playoffs last year. And so you can't really uh, say, oh, you just have to make the playoffs. You have to make the playoffs. It's Obviously, for you, it wasn't that easy last year. That's why you yeah. didn't make it. The only problem is is the that's the way North America is. Now, the hardcore fan that follows European soccer, it's going to be no problem if you go to a full league and you're, the winner of the league wins the, the top trophy. The problem is is you, the casual fan, and there's still a lot of casual fans Oh, yeah, fans there's here. probably more casual fans than Like, for than example, others. if uh, Man City is playing uh, uh, Watford and they beat them and they've now they've, they're the champions of the Premier League, the casual fan is going to go... Well, what else? Now, why should I tune in? There's no reason to tune in now. I the the, the they just beat a team that's placed. I'm gonna guess. I don't know where Watford is. So, any Watford fans, please don't. <laughs> they're, they they the top team beat the 13th team and they they become champions. Where's the excitement in that? Or they wrap up the title with games with games go. left. Yeah, like, it's not like gonna, Celtic have for years. And yeah, storms. exactly. So, what is there to play with? Yeah, you have might have relegation, but even sometimes relegation is already wrapped up. Yeah, depending on the teams. This year, I think it would be wrapped yeah. up for one team at least. The the, the worst thing, like because everyone builds up the Premiership and the relegation battle or the Championship yeah. on the last day, and it's all the dog fights. I think last year there was nothing to yeah, play there was for. Nothing. Yeah, and it's like that's the worst possible thing from a TV perspective, which I don't care about too much. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, for any excitement, it's like, what's the incentive then like, to watch the last as week of, of games? As of right now, I see, I, I can't remember what the East is, but the West, there's four teams probably for sure in there, unless they have a major collapse. Yeah. And I mean, so the West, a complete dogfight. Yeah. Five, six, seven is up for grabs, and there's probably two teams or five teams that are fighting for yeah, those three Montreal spots. Montreal and Toronto. Yeah. M- Montreal seventh, Toronto's eighth. Yeah. So there you so, go. So, I mean, they're going to be battling it out. And the right thing is, the with, the, with the way the setup is now, because it's not two game playoffs, 
Actually, the playoffs are not in favor of that seventh place no. team because they're going to have to go on the road almost like yeah. every round and not well, get a home. That's what I was going to say. Although I'm not a big fan of the playoffs and I do think seven teams going in it is too much, I really like, and we talked about this at the time, I like the new format. Yeah. And I can't really think of a better format than this because you are getting rewarded for winning the Supporters Shield. You're getting that first round by. Yes. You are getting rewarded for a good season because you're then at home for almost for the whole, next, yeah. And then the high you are, you have more home it, games is, and stuff. Isn't it the the top team never has to go on the road or something like that? The yes. uh, supporter yep. shield They'll never has to go on the, the whole, yeah. the whole way. So the thing, and the th- reason why it's seven teams is, I'm this is just my assumption is that they didn't want to constantly make changes and changes and changes. They made these seven teams knowing that they're going to have thirty teams. Yeah, and uh, so it'll be less than fifty percent make the playoffs uh, by the end of it. Which I think will be actually it'll be third because NHL and NBA is over 50 percent, NFL is ten teams out of thirty two, and ML uh, Major League Baseball is maybe ten teams as well. I can't remember how many. They've got their card. wild card race now, yeah. which they never used to have. Yeah, exactly. Year. So, so, that so, makes that so more exciting. yeah, so th- th- there is a little bit of excitement. I know right now MLS is the, a lot of teams for uh, a lot of teams making the playoffs, considering how many teams they have. It will get less and less yeah. as you go along. And it's it's nothing that's going to go away. It's what North American sport is, and yeah. you can't expect to go to since, a country since the twenties and, and change stuff. Yeah, yeah it's since the twenties. And yeah, I'm not a huge fan about it, really. But it is the most exciting time of the season. Yeah. I do feel though that for a big chunk of the regular season, though, it does it, it means fuck all. Basically, no. But if what if you had like like you could do it this way too. You could have it where, uh, like for example, like. It, if you were to take this, like the FA Cup is the MLS Cup, right? Say, for example, all the teams make the FA Cup, not just 14. But then so, the US Open Cup and the Canadian Championship. I know, that's, that's, what, that's what the FA Cup yeah. is. But what I'm saying is if you were to have the yeah. FA like the MLS Cup, actually, I think the US Open Cup is more like the League Cup, really. It's a little bit lower on the pecking scale. Uh, MLS Cup is probably like the FA Cup. U.S. Open Cup is like the League Cup and then the regular mm-hmm. season. If you had the playoffs during the season in between regular season games, then you, people might like it more or something like that, maybe everybody. But it's essentially, all it is is you have the Premier League and then you have teams advancing to the Cup. That's all it is. It's, it's similar to that. How exciting would the Premier League be if you had that? Where oh, you yeah. had the top eight teams making yeah. it to the next round or something. I don't know. Yeah, it, might, it, it might give West Ham a chance to doing something. Exactly. Because already, like... I, after the first, I mean, the, some people have already written off their season. Yeah, they the, have no the, chance. The EPL kicked <laughs> off this weekend, and already you had teams winning four you know nothing and five nothing yeah. or something on Friday. Uh, Liverpool beat Man City, Liverpool. Well, Man City hammered West Ham. Yeah, Man City, Liverpool, and Man U today. Well, big, Man U the, the, the played Chelsea. That's not <laughs> no, but uh, um, the, the, everybody's saying this. The Premier League is only two team race. Yeah. So what's could the be, excitement? Three, well, well, yeah. It's what's like the Scotland, excitement in that? Rangers and Celtic, and even then, Rangers haven't been close to Celtic. So it's kind of a one-team race. But anyway, talking of cup football, that will bring us nicely, actually, to the Canadian Championship and the CONCACAF League. Some good cup football involving Canadian teams. And we're going to talk about that after this. Hi, guys. This is Felipe. Thanks for listening. AFTN. I'm all that and I buy your chips. Okay. Salt and sauce with it. I'm all that and I buy your chips. Okay. Salt and sauce with it. You smelly little chaps, still rappable hash. Snorted every bath soul, but never had a bath. 
bars are weak, fluffy Like a teenager's tash I know you try to be big but Give a pass I'm in my Edinburgh mind state Love to hate So here's where you find me Just complaining And ain't what I'm doing Keeping it slang What an accent You can't what I'm saying I call it square sausage What the f*** is a lorn Scrying a black pudding bread Like this is norm Speaking of lorn Shut up Lorraine Kelly My mate Seabass loves you He watches you on telly Shout out the Kelpies Shout out Nessie Shout in the street When you're drunk on baby Like Hendo I'm keeping it sketchy Interpretate me Any way you want me Healthy I'm in a bag of chips oh. Yeah, salt and sauce with it. I'm all that in a bag of chips. Old Ricky, salt and sauce with it. Old Word there with salt and sauce. Can download Word stuff on Bandcamp, as I was mentioning earlier. Our artist of the month, part of the Edinburgh rap scene, and producer and owner of SOS Records, Sons of Scotland. Oh, that's pretty good. Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show. I want to explain that song just for for people that's got no idea what salt and sauce is. So in Scotland, in chip well, shops... You, I'm included in that, yeah. Because I've been to England and had fish and chips there, yeah, but not to Scotland. Scotland's, Scotland's weird in general, but when it comes to chips and fish and chips, the East Coast, especially Edinburgh, is meant to have salt... And brown sauce, which I've talked okay. about in the show before. Yeah. It's not HP sauce. Yeah, yeah. It's an HP sauce watered down with vinegar. Gotcha. Yeah, so yeah. you kind of you've got a bit of because you put vinegar on on chips, yeah. right? Yeah. So folk from Edinburgh have salt and sauce. Yeah. Folk from Glasgow have salt and vinegar. Okay. If you're from Edinburgh and you go to Glasgow for a night out and you ask for salt and vinegar, they'll just tell you to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, that doesn't happen here. Oh, sorry, salt and sauce. They wouldn't do that because because they know you're from the other place yeah. and they don't like you. It's weird because I'm an East Coaster, but yeah. I, salt and vinegar is my thing. Yeah, I, it's like I, I don't mind the brown sauce and the chippy shops, shop sauce, as it was called, which Gordon Forrest and the old goalkeeping coach Stuart Kerr were big fans of as well. I, I, I had something in Birmingham, and I can't remember the name of it. Is it chop suey or something like that? Oh, or yeah. I had that quite often yes. because I was in the Coventry, Birmingham area a lot, and it was chop always suey's awesome with with chips and everything like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I had a lot of. It's kind of it's putting me in the mood now for for some fish and chips. All that talk, I've got to say. Do you know who else would love some fish and chips? I'm pretty sure. A certain Forge former player. white cap, current Forge player, and Canadian international David Edgar. It's fish and chips, chips and fish. My oh my, what a wonderful dish! Put some salt and vinegar on. So you decide to have some fish and chips. Do you have salt, salt and vinegar, or salt and sauce? See, I'll have a, I'll have loads of salt, loads of vinegar, and I'll have the sauce on the side. Yeah, ketchup. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um. How much is the fish? How much is the fish? How much is the chips? Does the fish have chips? How much is the fish? How much is the My kids will be happy that song came up. Ah, I mean, see, they're big fans of that I know, song. they see, they like that. I'm thinking of changing one of those two versions out with that Salt and Sauce song from Weird and just you could, having that. You can alternate yeah, it. Yeah, could do. But 
David Egger, professional footballer, everything going, he'll just yeah. he'll just eat. I'm a big fan of. Uh, I know I don't know how well that plays in England and Scotland, but tartar sauce. I like oh, tartar no, sauce, big, and I, I don't want there. it like all, dripping all over. I like yeah. dipping a little bit oh, here and there. My wife loves tartar sauce. It's like when we get it. I'm not a big fan. Have you gone so to, she always has my I don't my want, thing. They're not a sponsor of the show, but E and W is uh, oh, has got the cod, cod wraps the very good cod wrap, I am, it's really nice i'm very addicted to that right now it's very good and cockney king's fish and chips i nearly went there on friday but now it's together west? with all the fish and chips is that new west new right? west and burnaby I got the oh burnaby i didn't know one. there was one in burnaby yep because i i went to the new west one when i went to douglas college a lot because it's right, off, right so I, I like fish and chip shops that have haddock because for me haddock is the thing that's the big scottish fish cod's oh. more an, an english fish and yeah pollock's well, just cheap crap for me unfortunately it's halibut and halibut's like one of the more expensive oh, yes. fishes out there so yes. i don't i don't have it oh, that look often look at you with your upwards uh, sorry i'm just fish that, bracket I, I i tried halibut once i really liked it so I, then i kept going for it i think i tried it when it was cheaper that's why ah. i started liking it that's they, how they get you they sucked me in <laughs> It's like heroin, the yeah. heroin of the fish world. That's what happened with me and heroin. No, yeah. <laughs> Got a little bag here, we'll speak after. Okay, sure. Got to make my money back. <laughs> but yeah, David Edgar, who we never mentioned last week, has signed now with Forge FC in the CPL. Yeah. And what a great start to his Forge career. He was playing in that famous 0-0 draw against Antigua GFC in the CONCACAF League on Thursday night. Ontario side then went through 2-1 on aggregate, yeah. which a great achievement. It's a long, long way to go for them, though, yeah. if they still want to make it to the Champions League proper. Because no, they didn't advance to a group. They're just no, they're like you said like last week, second, it's a knockout. Yeah. Yeah. They're advanced to the second so round. So I guess Antigua's not a real country if they no, like lost to Forge. Antigua, Guatemala. Uh, but yeah, they've got Olympia from Honduras now in the next round, home and away. First leg is oh, in Honduras. Yeah. That that is a one of the worst draws they could have got when you look at the teams that were left. But the Whitecaps did him a favour by taking one of their best wingers off the team. Oh, cheerios! Yeah. Anyway, good luck to to Valor and to David Edgar. Always big fan of David Edgar. He was always really good fun to chat to. Hopefully, yeah. catch up with him the next time we we get to a Forge game or a Calvary or Pacific game. Yeah, when they come over there. Let's talk a little bit about. Canadian football in this part because apart from that game on Thursday in the the CONCACAF League Wednesday night was where all the action was it was the first leg of the semi-finals of the Canadian Championship which can you believe that's still going I thought it was over (laughs) it was over for us didn't see it on TV or anything but (laughs) we'll come to that TFC comfortable 2-0 winners in Ottawa so they're pretty much assured of a place in yet another final I don't think that's a surprise to anyone no one seemed to set fire to the stadium this time so at least that's progress but the other match, which was the one most folk had the big interest in, the Whitecaps Conquerors Cavalry FC headed into Montreal, trying to knock off a second MLS team. And it was an enjoyable game. Montreal came away 2-1 winners. Cavalry started strong, then Montreal really kind of took over the game, got two goals with Piatti being the difference maker, getting a goal either side of half time. But then, what could be the huge difference in the tie? 69th minute... Sergio Camargo pulled one back, got that away goal. That's huge. Finished 2-1. Nick Ledgerwood got sent off for a stupidly like, reckless tackle when he was on a booking. I know. That that was bad. But, like, I honestly, at first, I, I was surprised it was, like, I thought it was in Calgary, the game. 
So when I saw 2-1, I go, oh, no, they, lost. Yeah. they gave away two away goals. Then I realized it was Montreal because I thought the first leg would be in Montreal. Oh, yeah, they've kept usually... it bracketed yeah. because the Whitecaps would have been hosting the second and, and the leg. timing of the game, too. I thought it was this, like 4.30 or something. Yeah, they're both it? on at the same time, which was crap. Why would it be 4.30 in Calgary? That didn't make... Oh, it wasn't Montreal. That's no, what I see. Yeah. That's why I was so confused over the time. See, I'm still confused. The second like six thirty in Calgary. Yeah, so that that makes more sense. And I, I honestly, I thought, oh, Calgary, they they gave away two goals, but then I found out Montreal was fantastic. Yeah, that second leg on Wednesday should be absolutely fantastic, and yeah. hopefully, Calgary put the horses on beforehand and the big concrete spraying trucks that are spraying water in the pitch. But the Ledgerwood lost the Ledgerwood will. Yeah, that would be big. Thankfully, yeah. it didn't cost them in the the first leg because if yeah. they let in a third goal, that would have been a huge, huge yeah. ask. But all to play for. I'm really looking forward to to seeing what they do in that. Now, the Concacaf League game with Forge FC. Yeah, that was only shown as a stream on TSN Go and, and TSN Direct. So a lot of folk didn't even know it was probably on, and a lot of folk wouldn't have bothered watching it. The Canadian Championship games they're solely streamed on One Soccer because One Soccer they've got the rights to all these things in the CPL. Now, a lot of folk didn't know that, and it got a lot of ire from, from fans on Wednesday night, especially those of a TFC persuasion who, who couldn't see the game. Because they just started paying attention to the Canadian yeah, Championship. Exactly. They were doing so it they had no interest we knew We knew that it was not going to be available, yeah, but nobody in, else. If you're in early like us, then it's like yeah. you're like uh, one of those early adopters. But, I mean, I've got one soccer. You've got one soccer. I very grudgingly have it, I'll say. And oh, you cancelled it now. I <laughs> I just, I, I honestly... You cancelled it just as it's because, getting to the good games. No, but because the thing is, is I was never available to watch those games. I, I'm hardly watching it, I've got and, to say. And once the game is gone, I don't go back. No, I'm I just not watch, watch the highlights it. No, YouTube. I don't even watch, yeah. Why the highlights even that, I'm not even watching yeah. a lot of it now. So I, I, it was really, I maybe watched, I think, three games in the first two months I had it. And at that point, I was like, what's the point of watching this? I, I, like, I can't. Well, see, that's the thing. When, it's, when things are on a streaming channel, yeah. if I'm not watching it live, it does kill it for me because I'm like, oh, I'll just watch some cheap highlights that's and what, see the results. Or, this is why... They, I know they have games on CBC, but they honestly next year they need to look into having a one soccer game of the week yeah. on a TSN. Because they've, they've only got ten on CBC and then ten on CBC but Gem. It's, it's and not, I keep forgetting all about CBC Gem. But it's not consistent. The games. Well, on no, CBC. again, ha- that's it. It's that's like you've got they, to search out when the games are on because I have no idea when the next one is. They need a weekly game on a because t- nobody goes to CBC anymore for games no. except, uh, except for hockey. That's yeah. the only time. I, I actually, I think the next game is the game I'm actually going to, which is Pacific in, in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. So they need to have, like I, I said at the beginning of the year, they need to have a game of the week yep. either with TSN or uh, well it looks like it's going to be CBC because well, I no, don't know how long they've signed that but agreement that may, uh, if that's the problem that's their problem they, they should have done it with TSN or Sportsnet because everybody when they look at for sports they look for that like for example the cricket I saw that because I tend to go on that on those on those channels yeah. regularly, especially at like two o'clock in the afternoon, and that's when the cricket games were playing. We had great fun today, and anyone who was following my Twitter feed, I was having the time of my life. If I knew if I knew you were into cricket, I would have I would have told you ages ago. I didn't realize you were that into cricket. Oh, I, we we need to do a cricket podcast. I'm thinking about calling it right in the slot or something like that. Just yeah. keeping it trendy with the verbiage of the game but I mean yeah that was great and I only found that because I put on TSN to see if the MLS games were on the early yeah, ones yeah. and I was like oh what's this cricket yeah. and then I was like oh Vancouver Knights I didn't even know Vancouver Knights were a thing well you must have missed the parade last year because they won last oh, year I definitely must have <laughs> 
Was there a hundred thousand folk? No, I don't think so. Was was Chris Gale telling maybe, them that you, you are the best fans? And maybe next year, if they, I'm assuming they're going to do this again because they did it last year, yeah. they did it this year, and it was pretty well attended this year. Maybe well, we should, it was trending on Twitter second on, on Twitter this afternoon. Maybe we should make thanks to me. Maybe we should make a trip next year and support our Vancouver Knights. Say what? <laughs> I would love to go to this. If they have that here, I would like to. That them. would be amazing. I don't know. If, do maybe, they have a good cricket ground? That's here? the thing. I don't know that we do. They have like a Stanley Park thing. I don't they, think it's been, proper. There's another park thing that they've been playing on because I've driven by it a oh. couple of times and seen folk playing it. But surely in Surrey there must be cricket teams and stuff. Yeah, I don't Somewhere know. No, there are, but they, I don't think they play on a proper cricket field uh-huh. the way that one was set up. That was set up properly, yeah. right? I guess you could possibly adjust that Bailey. No, no, I don't think so. I, you need a, you, you need a circle. Close. You need a circle, yeah, right? I guess. But it, it was great fun. Yeah. But TSN can show that. I guess they have to show something because they've lost so much football. Yeah, right? exactly. But they, they can't show a CONCACAF Leagues game. You've got to go into TSN go for that. But yeah, I mean, one soccer, the, the whole TV landscape in Canada is changing right now. And we'll maybe get into this in a bigger debate when, when Zach's here. We'll just briefly touch on it just now. But streaming seems to be the way a lot of things are going. Folk will know that English Premier League is only on DAZN. If you haven't got DAZN, you're not going to see those games. Unless you've got NBC, American feed on your TV, because they are showing the odd games. Yeah, yeah. A lot of it's on NBC Sports. So yeah, you, you, you need that. The, but, if, if they have it on the main channel. Yeah. Like, honestly, I didn't realize that the Premier League was really, yesterday especially, I, I totally had no idea the Premier League was going on, unless you're on Twitter. Like you wouldn't even know, yeah. like unless you're like well, that, a that's the thing, like a deep, deep follower of one of the teams. You don't have no idea. What's well, going there's on. been a lot of discussion about because it's still summer this, too. This week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Steve Sander, who I've got a lot of respect for, good friend of ours as well. He feels one soccer's the the right model for the CPL and the league to go. People should just pay it. He's argued that you can't go the game, grow the game here just by giving games away. I so disagree with that, though, because when you're a fledgling league like the CPL that so many folk don't know about, the hardcore fans, we talked about this when they announced it, they're going to sign up for one soccer. Yeah. Season ticket holders got a discount code. Yeah. The only reason I've got it is I got given a discount code. Yeah. And I, you're not going to get the casual fans to sign up to that. No. Nope. So there's so many folk don't know anything about the CPL. They're not getting to see the Canadian Championship. We've seen how bad the crowds are throughout the MLS teams for the Canadian Championship. It's going to be even worse in future years because the fans aren't even it's going even to be less watching and less it. on TV, yeah. So they don't know anything about the tournament. Because you won't even see, like, the, remember the Hasley goal from, like, one oh, of the first years yeah. in, against TFC? That was huge, right? And that was on Sportsnet, I believe. I think it was on Sportsnet because I remember... Yeah, I think they had Jerry the Dobson. Canadian Championship. So the thing is, like, again... I have no problem with the streaming, but you have to have one of the games. Nope. Again, I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm repeating myself. Nobody goes to CBC for sports. No. And so you're going to miss it every time. You need to have it on one of the, either Sportsnet, Sportsnet World, not Sportsnet World. That's a paid thing. Sportsnet World is a complete yeah, waste sport, of time. Now. Sportsnet, nothing. TSN, Sportsnet 360, something like that where it's available. You could give away one game for free. Yeah. It's not going to hurt per week. It's the other games that people are still going to be signing up for. Well, you're also you're looking at the CPL is going to expand into markets, and yeah. like Saskatoon looks like a good market. They had games yeah. today, but there's going to be like let's just say Kelowna as an example. People in Kelowna probably aren't really watching CPL games, and not then they're going to get one. a CPL team and go, I don't know what this is. Yeah, 
And that's not going to get bums on seats and help the teams. You're going to be helping future teams by them seeing these teams playing regularly and getting the crowds built up and then crowds in that market going to the games because they've seen it on TV. We'll talk about it in more detail about what the future of, of football might be in, in Canada. We kind of need more than just the two of us to do that. So we'll talk about that in the future. But we're going to be back with our last part of the show. BC Soccer Web headlines and wavelength after this. I'm David Edgar and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. What was that song, Steve? Uh, that was a Canadian band called uh, Elevators with their uh, latest track, New Survival. Oh, yeah. I, been, they've been in the charts before. Some of their songs, it, it goes up, then it goes down. It goes, it goes up, back and it goes up again, down, yeah. And, back down, yeah. and the thing is, Elevator spelled with two L's. Oh, like Michael like, Chirinos. Yeah, like so because uh, I think her name is L, the lead singer, ah. so it's L. Vaders or something. We should I don't introduce know. her to Chirinos and yeah. see how they can see get that, on. Yeah, maybe can come. yeah. As we, we mentioned in the last part, the English Premier League was back. Steve found out late about it. <laughs> Typical Man United fan, not really up to date with stuff. But they had I, a good day today. Yeah, West Ham didn't. That's my premiership team if I had to pick one. Oh yeah, but you were playing the top team, I think, right? Yeah. They look dreadful. The but they have got a nice retro shirt. Plastic so FC. Quite like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... To, to celebrate that, we've gone for a special wavelength song, yeah. naming two of the English Premiership teams. And it's by Swiss band Vanilla Muffins. It's a song from their 2001 album, Hail, Hail, Sugar Oi. This is Vanilla Muffins with Chelsea West Ham. Chelsea West Ham United. I'm Something else 
Vanilla Muffins there with Chelsea West Ham from the 2001 album Hail Hail Sugar Oi. Two teams that lost very heavily this weekend. Maybe not a great choice of song. I think combined 9-0 or something yeah. we lost. I, I did have this lined up when the two teams met last year, but we're having a themed month for oh, Wavelength, gotcha. so I never played it. So okay. I thought, ah, well, it's kicking off this season. Let, let's go with that. It was a start of the season which... As we talked about, it's like some teams are already running away with it. And for me, the English Championship is just the most exciting English league. And again, this weekend's continued to be fantastic. So make sure you catch those games if you've got DAZN as well. One thing we did get to see in the English Premier League this weekend was VAR. Yes. How did and it go? It actually went well. I thought it was implemented really well. Because I heard the uh, one, like, I think maybe you retweeted it or something. They announced it or yeah, something. Yeah, they've been like announcing the results in the stadium. Yeah. They've been playing video of them making the decisions and why and stuff on the TV. Yes. Everyone knows what's going on. It's being clued in. And most importantly, the referee doesn't have to go and run over and look at a stupid monitor. So the, it's just quick flowing. They're making the decisions and saying yep, no, or whatever. So the people in the upstairs are making the They're decisions, making the for, decisions the referee, for the referee, which is what uh, we were discussing exactly. before that should be happening. It, that happens in cricket, I think. Yep. It happens in rugby. rugby. Yes. So let them, if you're going to second guess the referee anyways, totally second guess yeah. them and don't even give them a chance to review. Because if he's got to run to the screen and he's huffing and puffing, and he, how is he going to concentrate? Yeah. I can't concentrate when I'm huffing and puffing. And a lot of folk are not going to want to admit they're wrong either. No, exactly. As we talked about before, some of the egos. But, I mean, it's, it's been implemented well. And for me, the success of it is going to be how it works in leagues like this. We saw it wasn't great over the summer in the tournaments that they were running it in. If it was a big failure or disastrous in the EPL, it's just going to turn folks against it even more. But so far, so good. It's early days. Who knows what will happen? Anyway, now it's time for BC's Soccer Web Headlines. But the music this week... Yeah, you don't have to do the... Well, it was a good effort, though, last week. Yeah, we're pretty close. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com. Your one-stop site for local, national and international news, stories, links and a lot more besides. Make it part of your daily routine, morning and night. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. What's been catching your eye on the site this week, Steve? 
Uh, let's see here. Uh, first of all, we got some Swiss people actually going after Germans for once. The Swiss like char- see that. <laughs> Swiss prosecutors uh, said on Tuesday that they are charging three former German football association players, um, including ex-president Theo Zwengziger, uh, with fraud relating to the 20, 2006 World Cup. Which um, had been kind of murmured before that yes. there were some dodgy dealings with that. They're they're alleging that fraudulent uh, they have fraudulently misled the members of the supervisory body of the DFB organizing committee for the 2006 World Cup uh, in April 2005 about true purpose of a payment of around 6.7 million euros, which I think was done to the um, a company owned by one of the ex FIFA presidents or something like that. Bin Mohammed, I think it was name is. I forgot to put type that in there. Yeah. All four have denied the claims. Der Spiegel broke the story in late two th- uh, October 2015 uh, when they claimed that Germany used that fund of 6.7 million euros to buy votes to bid this uh, f- to for the bid of the 2006 World Cup. Which doesn't surprise me. I'm pretty sure it's happened for years yeah. and just no one's bothered. And, and they've attempted to prosecute this previously, but they, 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 it was always dismissed on lack of evidence. They feel like they got enough evidence this time. I, I just feel anyone that attended that World Cup is also compliant, if you're listening, Zach. <laughs> you attended, didn't you? Yeah. Mm. No, more bad news for Germany, uh, thanks to a Canadian. Chilliwack's Jordan Hüttema scored in her pro soccer debut. She came on in the 63rd minute for Paris Saint-Germain and then scored 14 minutes later. Um, and then Great had, for her. She yeah. was so happy afterwards. She did a little Instagram video Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Was, she was really excited. So good on them, good on the family. Congratulations to them. Um, other news in, uh, in Canadian soccer, uh, two Surrey-based clubs, but uh, six others in BC, including and 39 across three provinces, have been granted a Canadian Soccer National Youth Club license. It recognizes the highest achievement of an organization from across Canada. Eight, like I said, eight from BC Soccer, 20 from four from Ontario, seven from Alberta. Um, the ones in BC, Surrey United, South Surrey, Base Coastal, um, Coquitlam Metro Ford, Fusion from Richmond, Vancouver Island Wave, Mountain United, uh, Preston GM Langley one, uh, and then Thompson Okanagan Football Club. Those are the ones. And then Rovers had something too, right? Yeah, well, this was the first wave that had applied. Yeah. Rovers have applied in the second wave, so yeah. they're just waiting to hear. So TSS Rovers Academy, hopefully, yeah. will get approval in the next wage that comes up. Next so, week. But it's, it basically gives them a kind of a, a connection to the whole... It's almost like connecting them all together under one roof kind yeah. of thing. And then also it helps them because they can use this as a selling point to people about, uh, you know, c- recruiting players to their, their clubs. Um, David Callahan, um, on the creation of a, CP- a women's CPL, he feels it's actually further along than he expected. Um, he revealed that the progress is moving forward. It's a matter of establishing the uh, men's league and then kind of guiding the women's league with it kind of thing. And I think they were also waiting for more talent to get established in yeah, the women's because they need I still to. think it's going to be a good few years off. Yeah, but, but he said it's further along than expected. So well, yeah, because uh, I think initially they were even talking like 20, 25, 26, yeah. something like that. So, so it, it yeah. could be closer than because the But the problem is, is right now the World Cup has given it a boost. Let's see how further along because that this this yeah. this boost has happened in the past. Yeah. But the problem is it peters out right now. In America, it's really giving a big boost, and you know games are showing on ESPN regularly and stuff like that. You got to wait a year and see if it's still there. 
and they need to just keep it growing in, in order to make it going. I was actually having a conversation with my wife today about women's football, bizarrely, just because I had was explained that Zach was down watching the Portland Thorns game today and stuff, and she, when I explained to her, there was no Canadian women's football teams. Like she's no interest in football and stuff, but she was like, she couldn't believe it. She was yeah. like, "What? Yeah. That makes no sense." I was like, "Yep." Well, we just got our first league for men, yeah. so it's going to be. You can't expect it to be a women's one too. So, South Korea. We talked about this last. Yeah. No, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Um, the the, the no the, last week. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was last week. South Korean police actually raided the company, the marketing company involved in the Ronaldo No Show. Oh, wow. Um, they basically, the marketing agency, they raided them on Thursday as part of a fraud investigation into Ronaldo's non-appearance in a friendly match between Juventus and a, the K-League All-Stars. The FASTA, which is the, the marketing company, uh, issued, they, they were willing to fully cooperate with the police. Um, their investigation so that we can clear any concerns and suspicions. The agency um, also said it lodged a complaint with Juventus over the breach of contract. The K-League themselves also sent a complaint to the two-time European champions, also accusing it of arriving late at the stadium to delay kickoff by almost an hour and then cancelling a pre-game fan signing session. Um, In the letter uh, from Juventus, uh, seen by the uh, Associated Press, the chairman rejected all accusations of wrongdoing and disrespect. Um, now, oh, the thing is also, I, 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 I didn't include this in last week's thing. The, it, it documented that the, the person in charge of marketing for them, they were actually pretty shaken. And she was, uh, the person was in tears. Oh. Um, she was in tears because she was expecting them, Ronaldo to appear in the game. And when that didn't happen at halftime or 10 minutes yeah. at halftime, she was very distraught. So well, to I arrive don't, as well an hour late, shocking. I don't think it, this has anything to do with that marketing company. I think it's mm. all, we know it's all Ronaldo's. He, uh, apparently he needed some rest or something. He had fatigue. or So that, that was the issue that oh, he had. Bollocks. What a mess for them. Yeah, Canada defeated Mexico. Yes. U15, CONCACAF Boys Championship, defeated Ooh. them in the quarterfinal. Ooh. Um, they I inv- know. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I think it's the first win in a quite a long time over a Mexican national team yeah. at any age level. I mean, surely that must have been. They won the whole thing, though. No. Oh. Uh, so they fell in the in the semifinal to Slovenia, that CONCACAF oh, power. Oh, giant of the CONCACAF region. Who will face uh, Portugal in the final, another CONCACAF. Another giant who, of the CONCACAF who, region. Who defeated the USA 3-0 in their semifinal. Slovenia and Portugal in the final of the CONCACAF U15 championship. Yeah. I did this happen? I don't know. <laughs> there is no U15 World Cup, mm. so they don't have to worry about qualifying. So I think they invited some uh, teams, uh, countries from other places just for to kind of fill out the tournament. But honestly, if you're going to grow CONCACAF, maybe invite some of the lower teams in order to s- let yeah. them play in the tournament. Not Slovenia and Portugal. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. So I, I could, I could, I'm crowning Canada the official CONCACAF champions of a, yes. of a CONCACAF they team. They beat Mexico yeah, beat and Mexico. they didn't lose as heavily in the semis. There you go. Champions. Uh, last bit of here, um, the Queen of the South. I think that's where yes, David, David Norman played, played there. from last year. I have to uh, speak to him about this. See if he remembered. S- supporters are uh, being threatened with ejection for s- feeding seagulls. Yes, this was a big story in Scotland this week. Uh, football fans have caught feeding seagulls have been warned that they will be removed from the stadium. Uh, the complaints about uh, the mess and nuisance caused by the birds at the ground at a cup clash with Motherwell last month. That was, there's a big complaints about that. Uh, they play apparently in order to just get the seagulls away. They play birds. 
that uh, of prey noises. So I guess eagles and falcons, whoever would be a prey there, and they also and also flying red kites, uh, which they're, is they're a bird of prey. Yeah, exactly. In Dumfries and Galloway, above their ground. I have also heard that they're thinking about selling Darren Maddox because they think his wayward shots will get rid of some of these seagulls. Robbie Earnshaw. Oh, perfect. Maybe he comes yeah. up. But this was a big story in Scotland this week because apparently in Scotland right now, not just at football, seagulls are out of control. They've been dive-bombing people eating their chips, taking chips, causing lots of damage. Yeah. They also killed a chihuahua. Holy smoke, yeah. I didn't hear that. Yeah, it came down and swooped and took the chihuahua. And Maybe you thought the chihuahua later, was something else. It attacked the owner of the chihuahua who was out on their own. So it must have remembered that was the owner. It's like... For grieving or something I like that? I don't know, like crazy freaking seagulls we've got in Scotland. Holy smokes. Why I moved here. Yeah. Granville Island, though, is really bad. If you sit down eating anything outside on Granville Island, you get... A but they don't seagull attack. They, no, do they one, attack you or did they? for my chips when I was No, there. but do they attack you or do they just well, kind of hang chips. around? They kind of hang around and uh, just waiting for some opportunity? Kind of took the girls with chips. Oh, okay. Not good. Hmm. Wasn't good at all. I, one final thing for headlines. I'll just update a story from last week that I talked about that Bolivian referee oh, yes, who had apparently used yeah. VAR when there wasn't VAR. He came out and adamantly denied that. He said, of course I didn't use VAR because VAR is not in place, but I was just letting the fans know through the the famous VAR medium that I was changing my decision. Oh, so that's why he did it. He thinks it's a change? Yeah, he thinks that's just so the fans fans know that. I'm changing the call, yeah. But I don't think That was his version. Is he allowed to change the call? Well, he spoke to the fourth official. Oh, okay, gotcha. Who was very far away from From the the, incident. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't make sense. Anyway. But that's it for BC Soccer Web Headlines and tonight's show. Thank you for being with us. Just before we go, Steve, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapSpeed. You can find Zach still travelling up from Portland. He hasn't made it over the border yet. Oh, really? He's not yet? Yeah, he's still stuck in Middle Cascadia. You can find him on Twitter at ZacharyAM. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTNCanada and on Instagram at AFTNSoccer. Give us a good review if you want on iTunes. If you want to give us a bad review, don't bother. Or if you do, we'll turn it into a fun section of the show. Sure. We'd prefer you not to. But we'll be back next week with some more chat and who knows, maybe a special guest or two. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care and mourn the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.